I want the knife. I, 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 I want the knife. Golden Child. Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Knock, I wanted to thank you for that intro sound bite. You're always good for me. <laughs> if, if you sit back and say nothing, he just fills the space with gold. Yeah, it's, I have he, this. He, he actually fills the space with soil. I feel like I have some sort of undiagnosed concussion trauma injury that I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Hey, everyone. This is Eliza. And yet another great day in the garage. Great weather, great friends. Got some stuff done. And there was pie. There were there were there pie. Good, yeah. There were pie. There was were it ditch pie? <laughs> no, but oh. still, any pies, good pie. That's mm. in my book. Hey everyone, this is Liza uh, on the board tonight. It's Stumpy John. Good evening, everybody. Hey, sending uh, love and thoughts out to Ukraine, and uh, just yeah. this time, just so we start. So I'm sure there's riders over there that may be listening to us and right on. And uh, we're here. Yeah. Um, well, you know, women rides world relay. There was a there was the uh, whole Ukrainian contingent, wasn't mm-hmm. Eliza? Yeah. And actually, I've been um, seeing some posts coming through. Uh, the woman who was our ambassador for the world relay, her motorcycle club is housing people right wow. now. They're Dope. taking people into the wow. clubhouse to keep them safe. Very good. Yeah. So it's there's yeah. Yeah, there's stuff going down. Yeah, uh, from two wheels to thirty round mags. <laughs> That's what's up. On the classy girl couch, coming back because we missed her last week. It's Miss Emma. Aloha, darling. And yes, you can be reminded that there can be too much of a good thing. So um, I'm back <laughs> this week. <laughs> <laughs> the pretty girl couch is much prettier this week. Oh, mm. thank you. Uh, this is the classy girl couch. Oh, pretty girl not, couch is the one that's well, in when the it Amazon. Is Amazon, it's classy and pretty. Yes. Oh, tralala, yes. he wants something. <laughs> Here's how you remember the difference: the pretty girl couch Emma sleeps on, and the classy girl couch Haley has slept on. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yes. Yes. Uh, joining her on the classy girl couch tonight. It's not. Hey, it's your number one classy girl. What's up? <laughs> How you guys doing? I'm back, baby. <laughs> yeah, bit. you are. I'm going to be here for the whole show since somebody hammed and haw about some bullshit. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. We'll get to that. I do appreciate your uh, you liking me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> your fans cry out for you. My God. Um, <laughs> and joining us back in his garage, though he was here last week, which was awesome. It's Bagel. Yes, back back in my shop up here in Oregon. I had a wonderful time with everyone down there. It, I have to say, it felt so good to be back at the garage and to spend the day hanging out with everyone and 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 to pitch in and and help out. It was uh, it, it was it was it was like it was just about like old times. Yeah, buddy. And so you know how everyone we spent all that time trying to figure out how to get those bags mounted on Ellie's bike. Yes. Yeah, Emma had it all stripped apart and remounted properly in about thirty minutes. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> I, I would I would love to know where we went wrong. <laughs> so she's also afflicted with pretty girl syndrome, or, wow. or you're susceptible to pretty girl syndromitis as well. Uh, At least a- Ellie was last Ellie, week yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then uh, coming in coming in late will be Jim, who I'm excited 
Because he did some stuff last week and has some stories. There's a flaming tire story. Oh, so he was on BLM land, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. So he's got some great stories. Uh, you know, we have such crazy times at AMA Vintage Days. This seemed even crazier. Nice. Uh, speaking wow. of which, we uh, discovered that we have a bit of a conflict of dates. Oh, we do indeed. This Uh-oh. So you must choose... You must choose. Mm. Um, unfortunately, Kat and Emma's Alpine extravaganza mm-hmm. clashes with AMA Vintage Days. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of people already signed up for the trip. And in fact, our good friend Philip has signed up for the trip. Yeah. Philippe, yes. You could trade in American biker trash too for European ones. Dude, I if you've ever been around... Phil and Emma together, like it's a spectacle. Like <laughs> Wait, that's a show. Phil Phil Waters is going. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh wow. Uh huh. So is he? Is like, he? Is he skipping out on Vintage Days? Well, like, yes. well he, he, unless he figures out wow. how to clone himself in the next three or four there months, darling. What's up, Bing Bong? <laughs> hey, you're good. Uh, yeah. So he's going. Drinking champagne. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, so it's at the same time as Vintage Days, which Phil always hooks us up, mm-hmm. takes care of us. He's like, oh, no, the rest of my crew will take care of you. Like, okay. You know what you could do is you could wear, wow. like, camo shorts and, like, motorcycle boots and pretend you're Phil. That's right. And just, like, yell at everybody. <laughs> um, you know, Phil does such a good job of taking care of us. So um, we're going to be in the hands of the rest of the Cleveland Moto crew, which I, I can always rely on Johnny Mac to feed me. He is good yeah. for that. He's good for yeah, liquor, too. Yes, oh, yeah, he is good. So um, that'll be interesting. So some of us will be at Vintage Days, and some of us will be in uh, the Italian, Italian Alps. Alps. Bagel, which one are you going to be? Uh, I'm most likely going to be in the Italian Alps. <laughs> wow. Knock, we're oh, yeah. counting on you this year, buddy. I, I, I'm I'll see what I can do things work, out. Man. Yeah, Knock, you want to come to Vintage Days? I'll see what I can you do. did last year. I did it last year because oh. um, I You felt- didn't leave the camp, but you were there. Oh, dude, that was nice and tasty. That's how he does it. Now. I've just learned. That's okay. how he does it. Sleepy Sitch had just really nice marijuana. <laughs> I, you know, I used to say, like, knock, there's so much stuff to see and do. And then I realized he's getting everything he needs and wants out of that weekend. It just staying where he is. Yeah, I'm on vacation. I'm laying down and getting yeah. blasted. People watching. Yeah. And we've seen so many Kentucky waterfalls go by. That's a mullet if you don't know what that is. <laughs> hey, Jim. How you doing? I'm doing great. Oh, you'd be doing better if he unmutes you. Oh, hello. hello. Oh, there you are. Hello. hello. So, yeah. So, we were just talking about um, Emma's uh, trip to Italy is mm. at the same time as Vintage Days. Oh, gosh darn it. And Phil signed up for her trip. Well, duh. Yeah, I know. So, for anyone uh, who wants to go to Vintage Days, some of us will be there. If you want to go on... It sounds like, uh, Jim, you know. I was like, Emma and Phil in the same place? This is a oh. must-see. Oh. It, it's a must-experience. And like you know, and, and I'm sure, f- how many years has Phil been going to AMA? Probably 30 yeah. years, right? Some crazy amount of time. But if you were going to take a break for one year from AMA Vintage Days, I would go with Emma, and I would <laughs> yeah. ride in Europe and experience all it has to offer. Uh, Phil and Emma, they have fun together. Yes. But they, it well, who also, doesn't? it also, no, but it also becomes like 
I don't want to say, yeah, they're not trying to one up each other, but they just get so deep into conversations because they realize they speak each other's language. They nerd out. You know what I mean? Pinballing off each other. It's fantastic. Well, I remember writing back in the rain. We were leaving AMA Vintage Days, whatever, four or five years ago. Yeah. And we were riding back in the car to the airport or somewhere, and Emma and Phil were in the front seat discussing Suzuki dual sport bikes and it was the i'm like i, I think i recorded like 30 seconds you and i just sat but I'm there like, watching it's like coffee with a comedian but it's coffee <laughs> with a comedian that also are really smart motorcycle people so emma yes now since this is your trip do you yes. do you want to tell people any more information about it or yeah where they so can go? um here's what uh here's the pitch um if you haven't heard, I know you. I know you talked about it last week. So this is a week-long adventure. The trip starts in Munich, so mm. you have to get to Munich and get home from Munich a week later on your own recognizance. Flights aren't included. However, soon as you get to the hotel in Munich, we've got you. Um, routes are included. Bikes are included. Breakfast included. All hotels and transfers between hotels, because you're going to be riding, are included. If you've never ridden in Europe before, this is an ideal start because me and Kat are going to teach you how to do it. Um, Kat does this. This is his living, Mm -hmm. so he's very, very smart. I haven't done this for 20 years, so I I need to polish the rust off. Uh But I will tell you this. There is no better riding than the Italian Alps. It's it's extraordinary. Um, we're chucking in um, an advanced riding course, which will help you ride in Europe. That's all part of the deal. Do they give you a, a full trench coat of leather and straps and all those things? <laughs> you know those old school riding jackets those guys Oh, yes. Yeah. What would they have at Jameson's well, no, no, they no, had one? No, because it's Europe, darling. You know, they're, they're all into the angular and neon style. Okay. You know? Um, you mean like Devo? Yes. And um, wow. Kraftwerk music. Wow. It's a brilliant trip. The price point is fantastic. I mean, it starts at two and a half grand. And really, that's unbeatable because the whole idea of this trip is we wanted to give people the flavor of the trip. I mean, we've had Kat on here many, many times. We always get the same emails afterwards. I would love to go on one of Kat's trips, but they're just so expensive. Okay. And I mean, if you're dropping 10 large on a trip, that is quite a hit. So this is an affordable entry into that world. So, yeah, I have a question. Like, how did this come about? You just, like, give Kat a call and say, No, hey, no, no. It's, it's, it was the other way around. Oh. Um, it's all Cat's idea. Okay, cool. It's absolutely 100% Cat's idea. I'm not taking any credit for this at all. And you're just like, all right, let's fucking do this shit. Yeah, Cat came came up with his pitch to me, Mm -hmm. and he said, look, I really want to make a trip that is tailored more for the working man and woman, because... It's for the misfits. It's, it's like looking around the world. A bunch of fucking bums. It basically, if you're dropping the same amount on a trip as you'd buy a motorcycle for, that's a tough decision to make. Mm-hmm. However, we've kind of pitched the price that theoretically it's affordable to anyone. You might yeah. have to, you know, stretch your credit card a little bit. 
generally a flight from America is going to be about a thousand to twelve hundred bucks into Munich. So you need to find that. If you're already in Europe, if you're in England, I mean, as far as I'm aware, you can fly to Europe for about fifty quid. Mm-hmm. So if, flying around Europe's very, very cheap. But um, there's no reason at all for this trip to cost you any more, mm-hmm. even with a few upgrades with a bike. Than five grand, and that's going to get you the flight, that's going to get you the trip itself, that's going to get you some killer meals. I think what might add on to the trip is your your waist belt or your whatever well, you yes, call it, because you, Cat knows how to eat, man. Right. I watch his tours through <laughs> Europe, and that dude knows how to eat. So, so I'm mm. glad you brought that up. Breakfast is included every day. It's part of the hotel, and we're staying in nice hotels because you should know me. I do not camp. I, I sleeping camp, on the you, ground is not vacation. I yeah, camp s- under duress. <laughs> you know. Well, I've also seen you camp under a fucking bus. So yeah. I, come on, careful. Now. That's a trauma response, actually. But I trust wake me, wake up with a jug full I would, of gin. I would rather. Yes, exactly. Gin for breakfast, darling. It was okay true. with me. Um, but I'd, I'd much rather be in a nice hotel. So we're staying in very, very yeah. nice hotels. It's a very safe environment. Um, if you're a woman, you ride on your own and you've got a little bit of trepidation. Okay. Come on this trip. It's got, absolutely the trip to come on. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. When's the last time you've been to Europe? Is oh, God, over 20 years. So this is going to be kind of like oh, a wow. little bit of a homecoming to the... To the oh, absolutely. Unquote, like Europa motherland kind of a situation. Yeah, I know, but it's it's the it's the Alps. So yeah. the same thing will happen as always happens. So, you know, my eyes will roll back in my head and I'll see red and off when I go. When you go through customs, you'll have to squat and cough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take this with wow. you. Not with that attitude. Oh, well, okay, I can tell you that we just announced this trip a week ago and it's already half filled up. Right. Holy shit, son. Dude, yeah. Well, Cat, um, man, yeah, so, yeah. his shit together. So let's, let me give you some numbers. There is a minimum number. And in order for the trip to work, we have to have 10 people. Well, seven have already signed up with an eight potential right Get now. Get in it on that shit. Get in there. The in maximum there. number, originally the maximum number is 15. Kat has told me we can push it a mm. little bit. Mm-hmm. It all depends on availability of bikes. So if you're vacillating, just get stuck in. My promise to you, I know a thing or two about keeping myself and other people safe. This is the safest trip you're going to be on. I absolutely promise you. If you have any worries about riding in Europe, about being in Europe, about the culture being different, about the money being different. Well, the language is the uh, big one. Exactly. Because I've ridden through the UK, but they speak, you know, freedom language. Yes. Well, you know what? Like, if, if you've But got this a- is the trip to go on. Hey, can we get Patreon money and sponsor Knock? And strap a GoPro to Knock and send his ass to Italy for two weeks? So, you, you know what I think is funny? Knock in Italy, dude. You, I would, you promote I would the safety that. of your trip, and on our trips to Pakistan, we promote the lack of safety. Yes. <laughs> I mean, look. You can't even ride through the Santa Cruz Mountains without having a gun pointed at you. You're in no position to talk about safety. So, look. Um, I heard me, an armed society is a polite society. Ain't that Allegedly. True? <laughs> so let's have a look here. Um, I need to go to 
So well, yeah, as far as the language barrier goes, your average cell phone with a Google, you, it does like auto translate. Just say what so you want, and it'll do it in German. Yeah, but like when you go into a store and you want to get some food, like like hey, I want to get some bread. And, I guess I don't know. Yeah, if you're in Germany, you just you do the translate to German, it'll just uh, even just auto- just hold your phone. Yeah, up well, it like, just it'll say it in an also text version of it too, oh, that's cool. so you can just show it to and, them. Right, and if ba- I go bagel trip, speaks you, like seven languages. So I'm going right, to read if I go you. On a trip, you'll just have me there. Is that yeah. bagel? <laughs> so um, the entry level bike. I think it's the F900R is the yeah, entry level bike. Yeah, yeah. Um, bagel, Emma, you should Emma? you should get a small bike and just fucking do it, man. I'm working oh, on it. Yeah. I, I, I'm working on it. I just want to say for the cool. record, any trip with bagel, bagel knows how to party. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so bagel, do not downplay. No, bagel knows how to. You know how to have fun. He's like the Def Leppard of scooters. Right. <laughs> and, and Germany is like a second home to me. So. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So um, there's the pitch for the, for the tour. It's really a no-brainer. And it gives you an idea. I haven't set foot in Europe, on that side of Europe, for over 20 years. And it gives you an idea of the esteem I hold Cat in. And his organizational skills for the tour that I just, yeah, I'll I'll do it. I mean, look, bros, most of us live merely 79, 80 years. This is a good experience for five <laughs> grand. You know what I'm saying? You should just go on this trip. Well, and, and, and like I say, the trip itself starts at two and a half. Five yeah. grand is your top line. That's going to be your flights. That's going to be your food. That's going to be gas for the bike. It's going to be everything. It's the cost of a used bike. Do you get to wrestle with olive oil and stuff? Uh, I can arrange that. Okay, <laughs> that might reduce your cost. You know how to suck a dick. Oh my god! I know. Sorry, <laughs> so, <laughs> I wasn't quite talking about that. So <laughs> Emma, I, I put the link in in our show notes. The link. Oh, fantastic! Up. So, um, uh, uh, it'll uh, be in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. So everyone here listening should know how to find us on social media. Yeah. You'll find a link. Look through it if you have any questions. Reach out to me. Um, my Instagram account is Emma Booten1962. A couple of people who've signed up for the trip are already contacting me through my Instagram. It's where I post all the Mototown stuff. Brad. So if you've got any questions, reach out to me there. Reach out to Kat. Um, it really is. It's going to be a great trip. The yeah. only criticism, I think we're all going to find it so short. It's only a week, you know, mm-hmm. but... Man, you could spend six months out there and still have a good I'm time. Just, he just, said there was a possibility of extending, too, if somebody wanted to, I think. Didn't he say that? No. Uh, no. no. Hey, I'm, I'm trying to break the code on your email address. Emma Booten, 1962. Is that the year you graduated from college? Uh, no, that's the, uh, that's the year I turned 100 in my second life. <laughs> mm. Oh, talking about that, it's my birthday in two days. What do you have to say about that? Oh, wow. You don't Happy look a birthday. day over 34, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> no, I, don't, I mean, I don't mind sharing. I'm turning 60. Wow. 60. I'm, just I'm 60. 60. I was born on the 1st of March, 1962. How about that? You know, uh, 60 wow. is the new 59. That's, that's what I'm told. And funnily enough, my age matches my IQ now. Nice. That's usually how that works, right? Well, um, yeah, I recommend signing up for the trip. Like you said, it's a safe trip. You know who went on a trip that wasn't safe? In fact, it was anything but safe. You, last week. No, no, Jim. Yes. Jim. Oh, God. You were telling me stories from your trip. I was just Googling 1962 triumphs. You you had me with flaming tires. And that's when I'm like, I'm in. Had me too. 
Oh, can you turn my headphones up a little bit? I just were chatting. But um, yes, yeah, so went on a trip uh, back down south because that's where the weather's good. And um, that's great. Thanks. And um, went down to Jawbone Canyon. Mm-hmm. Um, I was weighing because, you know, Jawbone, all these areas are very different. And I thought about going to Johnson Valley, but that's another like almost two hours south. Where's Where's Jawbone here? So if you go to Bakersfield, oh, okay. and I'll tell you what, yeah. Bakersfield moves America. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> it does. But go to Bakersfield and then go east. It's the northern part of the Mojave Desert. Um, oh, yeah, I'm looking at it right yeah, now. Yeah, you start bounding up towards Ridge Oh, is that Crest. where the the airplane junkyard is? Yes, yes. Yeah. I actually oh, went you? to that neighborhood because yeah. I had to get water. Yeah, You're I went I went the down crest. there. Oh, yeah. And, um, um, yeah, so you wrap around kind of the southern Sierras, uh, the northern Mojave, and it's cool. Head up towards Ridgecrest. China Lake Naval Air Station's up that way, um, all that. So, anyway, I've been there before, and it's very deserty. Um, so I had the Honda 450, um, and it was great. I appreciate that I get the pings, the all safe here ping. Yeah. Well, I, I mostly just kind of kind of want to show you where I'm at. Yeah. And it's a quick text off my Garmin, so it's easy. Um, but if you like to ride dirt bikes, um, Southern California is crazy. And we think we ride dirt bikes until you go to Southern California. Mm-hmm. And those people are crazy mm-hmm. down there. And Jawbone Canyon, it's a, I guess it's BLM land basically mm-hmm. mm, but but they have a paved road that goes right down this canyon which makes it very convenient so it was a holiday weekend president's day weekend so a bunch of people were down there oh, so right. it's almost like an ohv park on a massive scale mm. like there's people camping next to you but they're like 500 yards away a thousand yards away um which is good because everybody is blowing up everything <laughs> the entire time <laughs> There's clearance all around, huh? Oh, dude, it's nuts. And um, but but in a respectful way, like not a dangerous way. So, and I had been there before, and last time I was there, I rode some of the. Um, you know, there's not a lot of off off trail riding. I'll say, like mm-hmm. open desert riding, you can do some of it, um, but you can't just rip wide open for miles and miles. Mm-hmm. So you're in these kind of washes and stuff like that. So it's just straight up sand, like it's sandy. Um, and last time I spent more time on that stuff, this time I went north to Red Rock Canyon State Park, which is about seven miles north of there, and headed into the El Paso National Forest. Wait, which did you go by yourself? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, 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 did you yeah. like meet up with a crew up there when you were or just like kind of just- He does this. Yeah, hookers and blow. I don't know. <laughs> Besides that, no. I don't know. That's cool, dude. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's- that's why he has the in-reach. So That's why I have the in-reach. Well, no, you know, I'm, I'm good. I like to ride with people. I like to ride without people. But sometimes it's just easier, like, on a whim, because I'm never sure if I'm going. Right. And then last minute, hey, I can parlay a long weekend into something else, and I just bound out. Yeah. So there, there's a whole nother, another conversation about doing that. I yeah. get it. But I do it. And, and so it was, anyway, it was really cool. So I got to see some, um, you know, like like little museums out of the way that mm. were neat and stuff like that. But the exciting part I think Liza wants to hear about yeah. is so it's BLM land and BLM spells fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like anything goes. And it's funny. I think this illustrates it great. So I'm all like, like second day or so I'm waking up having coffee in my campsite and uh, some people had camped behind me and some quads roll up on me. Like I'm, literally I'm just having coffee and guy pops his helmet off and it looked like Ray Ray's cousin. Like but it sounded like Ray Ray's because he's like, "Hello, neighbor." And it was like, "I can't." He goes, "Isn't this great?" 
We get to do whatever we want. I love BLM land. We get to shoot guns and ride around and do whatever. And he got me so excited. And I was like, dude, I was like, now I'm all excited about it. And, but he literally went to shoot guns from dawn till dark all day long. Um, well, and so did everybody else, but it was pretty spread out. But the, one of my favorite parts, two favorite parts, and they both, I think, were Friday night because it was a long weekend. So there's a giant hill climb across from where I'm camping. And when I say giant, it takes people like 30 seconds to get up it. And it's all like, wah, either big bikes or two-stroke bikes. Just like, just crazy stuff the whole way up. And they just do it like time after time. I told Liza, I only saw one guy crash and he was going downhill. And when he finally crashed, he probably launched, no joke, 20 to 30 feet over the handlebars. Like <sighs> That's how steep it was. And then they get up and laugh and do that. Dude, I don't know how many times we've seen people life flighted off of the hill climb at Hollister Hills. I Last know, time I was like, there, actually. I don't even know what people do at places yeah. like this. Yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, I don't know how to do it either. You know what? Is they do it since they're seven. Because there were these yeah. little groms, like we call surfer kids here, groms. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's mm -hmm. these like dirt bike groms. They were going through my campsite. And you're like, you can't help but laugh. Because they're like, because there's a little hill climb by my campsite. The whole yeah. place is a hill climb. And they're like, burr, burr, and, you know, those tiny little bikes and making it happen. So that's how you figure out how they do it. So like you went out, you didn't have to reserve a can spot, right? You just went up there and just found a spot and just kind of did your thing. Or? Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. Bad. Yeah. You just roll up there. And um, and I even got, normally I get up earlier in the week, but I went up on a Friday just because things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, still found a place out in the middle of nowhere where okay. you could just do whatever. Would you take your CRF uh, 450L or what? Yeah, the RL? 450, which is a solid dirt dirt bike uh, or desert bike. You know, it's funny. I was talking. So there was a hill climb behind my place. I should send you this video. Yeah. Fucking nuts. Just straight <laughs> up. Like, oh, my God. And this guy does it. There's three of these dudes. They go through my campsite and then just fucking rip up this giant hill again for like 30 seconds. Yeah. And I look at the next guy. I'm like, how do you do that? Um, but you looked on these super lightweight European bikes running eight pounds of pressure. Yeah. And they asked me how I like my 450. And now I realize it's a robust trail bike yeah. for me. That's what the 450 is. It's, sure. You know, when you get into these like proper dirt bikes, they're fucking bitching. Yeah. Um, they're like a super cross. Are, are they doing two strokes? All the, yeah, two yeah, strokes. That, and I, and that's I, how. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. or maybe like 350, four strokes. Yeah. Stuff so, like that. I mean, do you feel you're gravitating towards that now, Jim? Because, I mean, I've watched your progress in the dirt and you've gone from basically very tame entry-level dirt bikes. And I think the next progression, mm -hmm. logical progression for you is full-on competition bike. Well, it's, you know... Progression the, is, the 450 uh, is, is basically that, isn't well, it? it? Well, but you get to, like, to the KTMs and Husqvarna's, yeah. you yeah, drop like, 80 pounds. That's yeah. like witness me, I'm, you know, like... <laughs> Like but you also, you may as well fucking suck some gasoline because right. you're going to catch on fire whatever you're doing. Yeah, I watch I mean, what these guys do and it's crazy. You get like a 200. I'm not that good. Yeah. You get a 250, 240 pound dirt bike with like 50 plus horsepower and just ripping up that thing, you know? That's, and they that's do wild, it. And, yeah. and the few times you see them fail, you're like, wow, that's bad. Yeah. But, uh, but the 450 is great for, you know, when you do, you know, 40, 50 miles an hour on some loose, like loose dirt. Or it's sand, little, actually. It's a little sketchy, isn't it? Well, it, it definitely gets the blood pumping. Well, because, yeah. you, you know, down there, it's really sandy, so you have no choice but to keep on it. Mm, and um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you, but I'm getting better at it, you yeah. know, and I really, I, I really enjoy the sand. I like the deep ruts now. Like, you come to these big, huge, you know, turns that are these big sweeping turns and it's a giant like two or three foot rut. Mm. But now you're like, that's where I want to be. Is it kind of like a slot car going in there going, 
Yeah. You're like in I, that room, uh, just like. I think I know what the next step is. CR 500. No. The next step is a steering damper, actually. Yeah. 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 So yeah, back, back to the hill climb. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so I'm at this place, and I, I, I love this America shit, because the BLM sign just says, welcome to BLM, lamb, have fun. So I'm at my campsite. There's a giant hill climb across, across the way, across the canyon, which is really tall and probably a 1,000 yards wide, so there's tons of different ways. Mm. Guys going up and down it all day. At nighttime... Fireworks are going off. People are shooting guns all day long. RV parties happening. Yeah. It's, it's like King of the Hammer stuff. This is like the free California. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's the free. So enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. So then there's guys a, start There's doing, a lot of uh, 80% upper receivers there. Yes. There are very <laughs> lot of middle lower things. lower receivers, excuse for me. For sure. Yeah. And uh, so these guys start doing the hill climb in the dark, yeah. which is crazy because if you've ever ridden in the, in, the, in the off-road in the dark, it's hard enough. But, so they start doing this stuff. And all of a sudden, there's a giant fire at the top of the hill. I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? They start lighting tires on fire. And they're sending <laughs> fucking lit tires down the hill climb. Oh, as nice. guys are riding motorcycles up the hill climb. Oh, man. Oh, like shit. fireworks are going off like Las Vegas yeah. style. Some dude's oh probably got God. a 308 behind me or like a, you know. Wow. Yeah, a fucking old <laughs> World War II like automatic rifle with tracers. It's like, holy yeah, shit. And I was Jeez. like. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, then after about an hour, it all quieted down. I watched the stars. Yeah. You know, as much shit people talk about California, we understand that we exist in, in a certain type of a bubble. Oh, yeah. And we understand that we, you know, go out of our bubble every once in a while. And that there are other little kinds of bubbles. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you go down south, like I said, they, they go crazy. And, and again, yeah. I, I've been to Jawbone Canyon store. So I went there, and it's like this place in the middle of nowhere with an old, like, 1963 Triumph motorcycle on a 30-foot pole that's been there forever, all weathered. And they had a cover band playing, and it was bitching. They were playing, like, Sweet Home Alabama, and everybody's in (laughs) dirt bike gear, and chicks are dancing on the table, like, Nice. Like from 20 to 60 and the tits are flopping around. (laughs) It's like, I was like, oh, my God. I think I sent Emma a video. Mudfish. Yes, Mudfish mud was fish. playing. <laughs> so anyway, if you want to bite off a big old chunk of Americana, yeah. just head down there uh, to Jawbone Canyon on any holiday weekend, I think. That sounds and, pretty uh, dope. Yeah, Dude, that sounds so much fun. Wow. I, but I'm really glad that you have kind of discovered this thing that you love doing and you've kind of dialed it in, too. It, it, yeah, it's cool. Well, it, like I, I said before, it's just the, the sense of adventure. But yeah. anyway, yeah. And we are going to have a big, uh, I'm, I want to do a big uh, get-together Memorial Day weekend week. So if you're looking for something to do, that Tuesday to Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, I will be down in Johnson Valley. Mm. Come on down. I bet, I bet Mike's pipes would go down there with you. I think Mike is on tap, and we're going to have us a time. Oh, uh, yeah. So come on down. I'll bring his crew down. That'll this year is just going to be such a big year. I'm going to more events than ever before. Dude, there's, there's like a... Everybody's cooped up for the last two and a yeah. half, three years, man. People Everybody are ready. wants to fucking just right. blast off, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things I wanted to share, you know, when we're out in the garage uh, helping people out, I find I'm repeating myself often. There are things that, as experienced bikers, that we've learned mm-hmm. and that people who haven't experienced it yet haven't really learned what are the, the, the things to avoid or not mm. do? And, and I thought I'd take a moment and, and do a little segment called the 
ancient biker wisdom. <laughs> where we're going to share some of these uh. lessons we have learned. And hmm. I've got a list from I'm going to read. And then you guys can add to it or, or comment on them. Should we uh, put a disclaimer that some of the stuff might might get you killed or maimed horribly? No, no, no. <laughs> Look, these no, are, I mean, these are people, simple things. People okay, understand right. that any advice given by the misfits could end in death. Yeah. I feel like I <laughs> okay, want to hear good. the Benny Hill theme playing all of a sudden. <laughs> no, no, no. These are <laughs> some simple <laughs> things, <laughs> but it's, 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 we're passing on this wisdom. First thing, if you ever get a tear in your motorcycle seat, do not... Fix it with duct tape. Yeah, that's, yeah, yep. okay. Right? We've yeah. all been there, right? This yep. is a mistake. Jim, you haven't made that yet because we've saved you from it, but many of us. I've never had a, t- I just kind of let it roll, man. And the reason is that duct tape starts to move around and now you've got sticky stuff on your seat, mm-hmm. which transfers to the ass of your pants, which then picks up everything you sit on mm-hmm. and it ruins pants. So just don't do it. Um, Pro tip, you could probably go to a microfiche for that particular bike and just get the seat covered. You yeah, might get, end up get like a seat 50 cover. bucks. Or hey, just take it to an upholstery. Even, oh, there did you, you say microfiche? Microfiche. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I had um, one, Classic of, dating myself. One, Dude. one of my friends had a scooter with a torn seat and he was going to duct tape it. And instead, I'm like, just go to the thrift store and get like a sweatshirt. Yeah. And just... Sh- Slide it over a sweatshirt. Oh, that's sweatshirt. worse. <laughs> but I'm like, it's... just acknowledge it and move uh, on. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, I just punched a hole in your wait, seat. Wait, Sorry. Wait. Okay. What's, and what's what exactly is wrong with a trash bag? Trash bag works too, but a sweatshirt is just you know, comfortable. All right. So another thing that we see people do often is um, when working on their bike and they're new to working on their bike, they do everything they can to avoid removing the tank. When oh, removing the man, tank yeah, will make yeah. the job so much easier. You, you guys have just, seen it, right? Just no I still do it. it I still try. Just, yeah. just but there's no remove the tank. Pull the tank. Pull the tank. It's not that hard. Um, I don't know. You ever seen a modern sport bike? A modern sport yeah. It's kind of fucked well, up on the modern well, sport bike. Well, then you're pulling plastic, which is a whole other thing. Yeah, well, you're already <laughs> there <laughs> on the point. Uh, here's another one I've seen. Everyone I know, I don't know if knock would be included, maybe, who says... I got a I got a, a supermoto and I got an extra set of wheels so I can take it in the dirt too. Uh-huh. Everyone I know who's done that changes them once and never does it again. Yeah, that sounds about right. Right? You got a twenty one yeah. inch front wheel? Dude, I got a I got yeah. a, I got the dirt yeah. wheel set. Oh, you I, have, I have not never put it on it. my bike. Never. because <laughs> uh, John was like, Yeah, I'm looking to buy this bike and it comes with two sets of wheels. I'm mm. like, don't do it. Mm. Everyone no, do I know. It. Has never used that extra set of wheels. It yeah. just sits there taking up space. No, I'm not buying it for the extra set of right wheels. Right, dirt. Buy two exactly. bikes. Buy two bikes if you want or two. Sell the, two or sell the wheels. <laughs> so. uh, another one, um, and some people disagree, but I this is a lesson I learned. Uh, don't put a tinted uh, face shield on your helmet, thinking that I'm going to swap it out with the clear one at night. Mm. There, are, yeah. yes, yeah. there are some people who actually carry two and. And swap them out. But no, in general, because that first time you get stuck out at night with that tinted face shield, have to ride. It's a pain in the ass. It's a pain oh, in the ass. horrible. Just wear glasses underneath Just it. Just wear glasses shades. or yeah. get the drop down ones. Yeah. Um, or transitions one. I love my transitions one. Yeah, there you go. Oh, and here's another one. I think Emma will agree on this. Please do not chop up a perfectly good stock bike. I agree with that. It doesn't matter. What the bike is, if it is in good condition stock, don't chop it up. Does it depend? Does this contingent on like the price range you bought this bike? No, no. (laughs) No. Even if it was a free bike, if it is stock, Mm -hmm. leave it alone. When I say good condition, you know, I but 
because there's so Running. many bikes out there that hey, are cracked, you know, Emma, scratched. How many, how many bikes have you yeah. chopped up in the last five years? Well, there's chopping up and there's chopping up. <laughs> it's it's very, very rare that I actually chop them up. You're, you know? Yeah. You're I, chopping them. You're restoring that shit. Right? Well, well, the Gucci. Well, how, did that, how did the Gucci though. start out? The the Gucci was unchopped. It was just from, uh, it was, it was de, declothed. Declothed. And the Trident, you see. Well, the Trident's I, a Trident. The, theoretically, I could get the Trident back to stock with quite a bit of work, but I could make it but, stock. But, like, you but know, Emma is is uh, a master mechanic. Yeah, she's a master mechanic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a Most people league. don't. Yeah, well. They get a bike and they're like, oh, yeah, I think I want to turn it into a... No, don't. If it's a good condition stock bike, well, well, and if, find a bad condition stock bike. If you go on... <laughs> the stock CB750. If you go on to Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace, there's any number of half-finished cafe yeah. racer projects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lowrider, pro- whatever, half finished because people get out of their depth. Don't cut up bikes. Don't cut up mm. decent bikes. You know, think very carefully before you do. Well, on the backside of that, any accessory you put on your bike is not going to increase the value of your bike. True, it, for the it, most part. It, yeah. it, it, it doesn't increase the value one cent. It may increase the desirability. Right. Mm. If you're looking for KLRs, well, KLR one is completely stock. KLR is completely stock, but has bark busters and a brush guard on it. The second one isn't any more valuable, but it may be more desirable right. to you. Yeah. But the accessories aren't well, adding value. And especially any right. engine upgrades, um, you yeah. know, any cams or anything, if you do that, you're just, you're going the other direction in terms of value. Right. Because you don't know whoever did the work. Uh, and then the last one I have is fairings. Uh, you know, I, I was mm. talking to Terry today and he said, when Craig Vetter was coming up with the first fairing, people said they needed it to be easily removable because they were only going to put it on when they did long trips. Mm-hmm. And But mm-hmm. what ended up happening is people put them on and leave them on. Mm-hmm. Any fairing, once you put it on, like it's just going to stay on. Yep. Don't worry about having something you can remove. It's just going to stay on. Right. And these are things yep. that people have, like these plans or intentions that we see over and over and over. And I just wanted to pass on some of those. Did you have any others you wanted to add? A very, very simple one is learn the value of a $5 tire pressure gauge. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that is yep. the most valuable item of tooling in your box. Carry it with you. Yeah. Yeah, and and also on the, the the subject of tire pressure, be sure to set your tire pressure first thing in the morning when everything is cold. If you ride to the gas station and set your tire pressure there, you've already ridden on those tires and you're already warm them up. Even if it's just been a few minutes, that will already inc- increase the ambient pressure inside the tire. So, tire pressure uh the specifications are designed to be set while everything is completely cold because that's that's the agreed upon standard. So mm-hmm. make sure you do that to make sure your tires are set correctly. There uh, you go. And the other piece of advice I um, I can give you is when you go to um, a biker gathering like Hollister or um, uh, Daytona. Daytona, anywhere like that, find the 
biggest, ugliest bikey kind of fight. <laughs> Just fight him. No, tell Jim to fight him. <laughs> oh, that's better still. Jim, oh, fight no. him. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, especially find the guys with the three patches. Yes, exactly. There you go. Oh, good, like really suntan in February. Yeah. yeah. So if you, uh, listeners, have your own ancient biker wisdom. Mm. Send it to us Send at recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail.com. We'll share it with everyone. Mm. But these are things I just see just lather, uh, lather rinse, repeat. I just mm. see it over and over. Yes, yes, um, yes. You guys ready to play a game? Yes. Yes? Okay. All right. You know I come up with the craziest games, right? Of course okay. you do. This one, it's a little bit of improvisational acting here. <laughs> I need you guys to play along. Uh, All right. Yeah. So uh, this one is called Elevator Pitch. Everyone knows what an elevator pitch is, yeah, right? Two-minute yes. two minute elevator okay. pitch. One minute. So uh, this usually, is a- Usually it's when not kiss me head. Yeah. <laughs> Bing bong. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh yep, yep, yep. I got to show Bing for you bong. next week, Knock. Don't worry. Mm. <laughs> All right. So, um, and then this is the scenario. The, uh, the Motorcycle Industry Council- has uh, is lobbying to get more motorcycles into film and television. Yeah. Right? Mm. Because it will improve uh, rider awareness and also help create new riders. Plus it looks cool. All right? So what they're doing is they're going down to Hollywood and they're pitching to some uh, TV and movie execs some remake movies that had iconic cars in them, but now they're going to be done with motorcycles. Dude, bullet so, on super motard. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So I have a list. I'm going to give you the movie, mm. and I need you to replace the car with a motorcycle. Tell us what motorcycle ah, is and give us the elevator pitch like this. for this movie. I like mm. this. Now, knock. Mm. Bullet was on the list. Do you yeah. want to take this one? Bullet with some sort of like super motard KTM fuck off motorcycle, or maybe even like a two stroke KX five hundred or whatever, or a, or a CR well, or well, bullets involve two cars. So what's the other bu- motorbike? Oh shit! Um, wait, so the bullet movie was it had a Mustang something and a what? It had and a, a three ninety Mustang fa- Mustang fastback. Yep. And then a charger, which some people Ooh. said had a four twenty six ME in it, and it didn't. It had a had a three eighty. Wow, it had a three eighty three wedge in it okay. with a four speed. Yeah. I feel some sort of like Harley flat track somehow, no. you know, driven out of a fucking like a showroom in some weird kind of no, weird an Indian way. an Indian blobber. Can I offer this? Sure. Remember the scene where they, they're chasing each other and the, the, the bad guy flips and blows up? Mm. Yes. What would be those two motorcycles? So a Honda Unicorn Motard, and then what would be the chase vehicle? Oh, geez. What would, what would be like an SD 1300 or something? What about right? like a live wire? Oh. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, like, you know, lithium battery fires are pretty dope. Or no, actually, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's so many. Yeah. All right, all right. So that sounds interesting. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Um. Jim. Oh, yes. How about if I give you a dirt bike? <laughs> uh, vacation. Oh, oh my the original God. one. <laughs> Let's do a remake. Dude, that's a no brainer. It's a KLR. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ultimate dad bike, dude. I'd be I'd be sitting in a traffic light, you know, wanking it to like some hot Give me chick. give me a pitch for the movie. Oh. For the oh for, for mm-hmm. what? The why that should be in there? Yeah. Oh my God! Just, just, Wait, you, the, what year was this a, movie? A description oh of God. the movie. 
uh, a vacation. Yeah. So imagine this. Yeah. Bombing across Ohio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Motor purring between my legs. Pull up to this hot chicken a Maserati, mm. and she's eating a pimento cheese sandwich. Ooh. Yeah, and I rev my KLR and come in my pants, and she throws up in her seat and drives away. <laughs> I want to see that movie. Let's make it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, Don't, yeah, that's, okay. I think that's a winner, Jim. <laughs> All right. Mm. All right, uh, John. I don't want to follow Jim. John, how about Back to the Future? Ooh. Oh, Back to the Future. That's a good one. So, oh, man. Oh, man. So check this. It's a movie about uh, mm-hmm. about a 60-year-old man who goes out and buys a Triumph Thruxton mm. okay. and then goes back and relives all the places of his life where he, including the place where he first became deflowered. Mm. Oh. A coming-of-age story. Did he have a pimento a cheese sandwich? No, a gardening story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can, I can see that. Is this a modified Thruxton? No, it's his box stock. Right. He's an old man. He's not going to change things. I don't know if I want to see Mother. that movie. <laughs> I want to see Jim. It's like driving Miss Daisy almost. Well, it's got to have a flex capacitor, right? There's a fight scene at the end of mine. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting drunk and fighting with yourself. <laughs> All right. Hey, Bagel? Yes. Uh, I'd love to see a remake of Christine. Ooh. Ooh. Tell, tell me about this movie. Damn, what kind of bike is that? The All right. Version. Um, I think, okay. Oh, man. Well, that's the, the car was a 57 Plymouth Fury, um, supposedly. Um, I think it was a Plymouth Belvedere or something like that, actually. But, but in any event, um, God, that'd have to be an American motorcycle from that era. Um, was Indian still making bikes? No, no, they were done. Right. But yeah, you know, you could do it. No, you could I mean, be an AFM a, Harley. You could do a Harley. But I mean, you could do like an early Sportster, maybe. Yeah. Like a Sportster oh, that's yeah. possessed and has like, you know, these <laughs> evil headlights. <laughs> I would like I would like to suggest oh. that bitch and chopper Rob Talbot has in his museum. Oh, yeah. With the king Ooh. queen seat on it, that thing. Yeah. Dude, that's yeah. hard. And, and as the kid is fixing it up. Flames coming out of it. Yeah, well, he's going to be fixing it up constantly. Right. No, I mean, it could up. bite him and bite his fingers off while yeah. he's working on it. <laughs> oh, it could go. be the Captain America's motorcycle second movie. <laughs> mm. I think I would see that movie. I would, too. Yeah. All that'd right. be a good one. Emma. Yes, darling. Uh, Herbie. Herbie. The Herbie Aww. franchise. I think it's time to bring it back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he, he could pop a wheelie. He could wheelie Wednesday. Yeah, no, forever. and I think, you see, the obvious choice was always oh, Herbie was... Uh, German car, so you think you'd pick a German bike, mm-hmm. but I think that would be a mistake in this case hmm. because there is no better machine than a Pacific Coast, and so <laughs> you have. So uh, no, 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 just, just so bear with me. No, that's so. Hey, so it, bear it does with, have just, that same exhaust. Okay, and I need you. I need you all to shut all up right, and it. listen let's hear to your me. Pitch. So there's this meek mannered librarian <laughs> who really has problems connecting with the opposite sex, mm-hmm. and he's shuffling along. He's very, very dejected, and he sees this rusty, crusty. Pacific Coast leaning up against a wall, mm. and he decides to save it. 
And but the Pacific Coast, she's been inhabited by the spirit of a geisha girl. <laughs> and so wow. yes. And so she teaches him the ways of love. <laughs> and he keeps all these fantastic sex toys chilled in the trunk. Is how have we ever never heard this <laughs> so, story? No, ah, wait, I'm not done so yet. So because that's a big ass subtitle, trunk. Wait, would the subtitle of the movie be uh, Herbie the Love Slug? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so love thug. So um, this Pacific Coast, inhabited by a geisha girl, mm. teaches him the ways of love, and he becomes a complete player. And then gets a really nasty STD and dies. <laughs> I got, I got your, I got your leading man. It's a tragedy. Yeah. I love it's it. It's Rick Moranis. Oh yes, <laughs> Rick Moranis. Honey, I shook the kids there. No, Rick it's Rick Moranis wearing the helmet from Spaceballs. Yeah. <laughs> but painted Honey, white. Saying, I am the key master. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Ooh. Would you see that Rick movie, Liza? Rick Moranis. Yeah, I'd see that movie. I love. I would too. Hey Jim, <laughs> I can't get past Rick Moranis. How about Dukes of Hazard? Oh yeah! Oh, what's that dude you see on the Instagram? Uh, Ronnie sixty nine. There's this fool on, who rides like I think it's a CR a CR five hundred maybe, and he's wearing the fucking overalls and a helmet with its half cut off, and he just rips. I thought he was like a parody, but we saw him at Red Bull Straight Rhythm, and he's a straight up legit racer. Dude, I don't I don't know much about him, but yeah. I see. Some, but there's, yeah, Ronnie sixty nine. Google the whatever, and, and what's, um, what's he riding? It looks like it's like a CR five hundred. So, oh, or, so, or, or a CR two fifty. Oh, so the General least. Lee is now a CR five hundred. <laughs> yeah, and, well, and he's riding in the in the the overalls, and he's overalls. got a bandana, and he's got his helmet like. Looks like he took a, a angle grinder to it and cut it off here, oh, so yeah. his whole bottom jaw is exposed. <laughs> Interesting. And he just rips like all over the place. And he's running from Boss Hoss. It looks like a great bad idea. Okay. So I'll, I'm going to show Knock a video because I, I, I love it. Oh, I love shit. it. Okay. Uh, let's see who's next. Uh, John. Yeah. How about uh, let's go with <laughs> Beverly Hillbillies. Man, the KLR's been taken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beverly Hillbillies. So, okay, the Beverly Hillbillies. I guess. Where do they come from? Tennessee? No, Alabama? Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee? So, uh, so a family uh, falls into a fortune, got inherited a fortune they didn't know. Mm-hmm. So they decided uh, to to move to Beverly Hills mm-hmm. uh, and pursue a career in movies. Mm. So uh, so what they did is they bought a, a Janus <laughs> from <laughs> and, bu- and built a platform on the back. And Ellie May was at the top. Ellie May had to unfortunately Ellie May had to make some money on the way to uh, California. Oh so boy, she, she worked the truck stop. This is a dark. Is this like this a Christopher is, Nolan film? Wow. This is yeah, like it dark. is. And this then, is actually a dramatic reimagining. Uh, but eventually, uh, you know, with Ellie Mae's help, uh, they uh, made it to uh, and and some of Junior's pushing him because uh, because Janus, yeah, Janus yeah. broke down a few times, of course. So you got to build that into the story. And then eventually, their Janus made it to California. And uh, after a, a quick trip up to Cleveland Moto to see the Cleveland Moto guys and their Janus up there, <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, okay, uh, and lived happily ever after. All right, Bagel. Yes. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Knight Rider. Ooh. 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 All right. Um, Knight Rider, uh, classic 80s. Um, that's going to have to be a Honda Helix. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, it's got a spot okay. right up in the front where amazing. we get the light going back and forth. Or the PC. Got the, got the digital dashboard. It'll uh, have a little voice that'll talk to you. So Michael and, Knight you know, is on a okay. <laughs> if you're in trouble, it'll come and rescue you. Like when <laughs> he goes do, the tur- do, <laughs> turbo boost, right? Yeah, it'll exactly. go do crazy high jumps. Yeah. Well, like when he goes the turbo mode, does like a scooter skirt automatically deploy and like for aerodynamics or something? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Emma? Yes, darling. Oh, both Suzuka spoilers. There okay, you this there last you one, this I think this. This might be like the biggest potential box office hit here. Right. I think this movie is prime for a remake. Yes. Um, and this movie is Thelma and Louise. Oh, Ooh. yeah. So yeah, Thelma yeah. and Le- Louise, you have these these two newly divorced women um, who've been treated very shabbily by their husbands mm-hmm. and are riding across America on like a 47 Indian chief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um are we talking about sidecar situation or, or were you going No, I think both on the bike. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and um a lot of shots of the, the American South mm-hmm. and all these macho guys being m- met by very sticky ends. You can shoot them and mow them down mm-hmm. and you know, do all these good things <laughs> to them. So, they, they drive into a and, and how do, how does it end? Well, uh, you know, I, I I think you see the driving the Thunderbird off the cliff, I think, was really the wrong ending. I think they should ride into the sunset. Or better still, just ride into Mexico and carry on going. And then join up with the Women Rider World Relay in South America. <laughs> and just carry on riding this 47 chief around the world. Give Ewan McGregor the bird as he passes. Uh, pass well, there you go. So if there are any movie execs out there who are interested in making these movies, give us a call. We'll give you the full pitch. Especially yes. mine. Yeah. I thought that. <laughs> no, I thought, I mean. Well, you know, we'll write you up a screenplay. Yeah, right. I think from a pornographic standpoint, Jim, yours was a superb. Well, you are an aficionado in bad porn, so I take that as a compliment. Oh, absolutely. I'm an expert in bad porn. Knox watching the Ronnie Mac shit right All now. Right, dude, that's, that's for real a CR. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, crazy. Thanks for playing Elevator Pitch. Um, so I had another crazy idea this week, Jim. I don't think I've pitched it to you yet. You know what? Mm. I, I would say, like, who invaded your body if you didn't have a crazy idea? Yeah, you know exactly. Right. Like- <laughs> so um, this is uh, coming off of last week's adventure over the mountain and making our new friend with his gun. Um, I have to admit, at first it was a, a spite idea. But then mm. it, I think it became a, a better idea. Mm. So, <laughs> all good things come from mm. spite. So, uh, hey, I'm looking for anyone who's interested in making Don't. an investment in a land purchase. Oh, ooh, yeah. up Misfit. in our hills, Misfit Land. Yeah. Okay. So my idea was, I'm like, well, this guy says we can't be here because it's a private road for residents. I went, wait a minute. No, I'm in. I want to buy. I'm, I'm going to buy resident. land. I'm curious. So I started yeah. looking. Yeah. Out there in the hills. You got a third of a million dollars. Well, there's a plot right now that looks great. Oh, yeah? It's 14 acres for, they're asking 275000 Okay. Ooh. It has a large, like, um, like, production scale, like, greenhouse on it. 
that could just be like a an event space. No way. That's how we're going to fund everything. Are you kidding <laughs> exactly. me? Like, <laughs> yeah. Any idea that it's got a well and a large water tank? Yeah. <laughs> Marijuana's and misfits. <laughs> and it has solar. I'm rich. Solar bitch. power. And you can. It has a creek, and it has a redwood grove, and you can make trails and have like okay. moto events, yeah. like have a moto camp there. How, how that's wild. far in bumfuck nowhere is this? It's uh, fifteen minutes from the Summit Store. Yeah, that's Close not enough. bad. Wow. No, yeah, Dude, that's, that's actually pretty. That's pretty reasonable for. If, if we could bring a container up there, make oh, yeah. a clubhouse out of it, yeah. there is. So you can't build on the property. That's why you bring a container. But there is right. an RV so that is for sale separately. Oh, good. Um, you can't build on... Why is it not zoned as a residential or something? Right. It's agriculture. So uh, you can have horses. You can have growing. Tomatoes. Can I say identify tomatoes as a horse, therefore I need a barn for myself? Yeah. <laughs> but I thought, but, you know, you could have this this uh, space and you can have uh, moto retreats. You can rent it out to people to have like yoga retreats or wedding weekends or campouts or Bible camp or whatever. Mm. Like you can have a sp- <laughs> this space that people can go out there and rent and have this private uh, land. We need to build a motocross track. No, this could be yeah. none but of we that. Can also build, <laughs> but that. we can we'll also build trails around, all over it yeah. and have a, a moto riding place. Know, motorcycles is the mystery. Anyway, I think that's so my, Patreon. My great idea was to get going. like I don't know, like 20 people who want to go in on it yeah, and invest a little bit of money, which, by the way, is the money is just going to be invested in the land, mm-hmm. not in the business. Yeah. Then if we can create income from it to pay for itself. So are, this is zone agricultural? Yeah. Are you able to run a commercial business out of it, like a dirt bike park? or? Um, well, it's not I mean, you big. can grow a legal pot there. It's one of these places acres, up in the man. mountains. You don't, well, yeah, you don't it, need that much for <clears throat> a motocross track. Well, how much of this acreage is flat? Yeah. So do a large research. pad. A large do pad is flat. Yeah. So anyway, but and then there's a, an even bigger spot. It's 80 acres yeah. for like mm. 650000 mm. You should buy yeah. it. Dude. <laughs> but I figured that's uh, so that was my crazy idea. I started looking at land uh, and I'm like, this could be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I think if there's people who have like a, a need for like a retreat space and a shitload of money, yeah, well, like 12, Wait. 15,000 per person to buy in an investment in land that is a solid investment, it's in the triangle between San Jose, Morgan Hill, and Santa Cruz. Can, mm-hmm. can I offer my advice? Yeah. Wait for the bubble to pop and then put put your money into it. Yeah, so I did some research last month. Um, uh, a, a plot sold; it had been on the market for over a year. They were asking one ninety nine, and it sold for one ten. Oof. Mm. Last month. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the area where the fire went through in two thousand fifteen. So mm. it's a oh. lot, it's a lot of cleared. Brush. And it's already oh, burned. Yeah. It's already it's very burned. important. You want to get the already burned. Anyway, California. so that was my crazy idea. I yeah. don't know. We'll see, I dude. You can, you can go out to the desert and buy the same shit for like thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> like swear to God, and yeah, it'll not have our, a, not our backyard. Though. I, yeah, I took you still. on the land that my family used to own. I did. I saw. I, I saw. Um, what's the uh, hurricane? Hurricane. I saw someone was was posting pictures of hurricane not long ago. Yeah, Looked beautiful. So anyway, that's my crazy idea. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Eighty so, percent lower receiver. Unless you start welcome. selling weed, I'm in. Holy so yeah. since yeah. since Emma is back this week, I thought, what a great opportunity. Yes. To do another one of our favorite segments. Wrestle. 
Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a heartache. <laughs> I, I want to. Re- I'd rather wrestle instead. <laughs> Emma. Yes. I, I, I have a couple, I have a, a few questions, some tell me why questions. Okay. Maybe you can answer. Okay. Um, Knock, remember last year at AMA Vintage Days, mm-hmm. there was a very interesting Honda motorcycle that we saw. I got to ride a little bit that oh, I've never the, seen before. It's got the platform in the back. Is that what you're talking about? Emma, tell me why Honda made a thing called the Honda Gyro. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with the Honda Gyro, you should Google it. Yeah. Because it is a weird thing. So um, there's a little bit of history here, and there's two histories that are involved. And the one is English, and the one is the mission of Soishiro Honda himself. Okay. So if we go, let's deal with, with Soishiro, because he was an interesting character. Briefly describe the Honda Gyro. Am Me? I? Yeah, you. Well, it's got three wheels. Mm-hmm. It's got two in the back. And it's like a moped in the front, a step-through moped in the front, mm-hmm. and then it pivots in the middle. And there's a platform yeah. in the back that you can put your groceries on and put... Um, it's like a moped and a Tonka truck. There was one called the Road Fox, which I think is cool. <laughs> so let's deal with Soishiro Honda first, and then we're going to talk about an English creation that was actually invented 15 years before the gyro. And you're going to say... That is amazingly similar. That's amazingly similar. Are, are we sure it's called the gyro, not a gyro? So, um, <laughs> so Shiro's Honda's mission was always to make motorcycles for everyone. Mm-hmm. And he didn't care if you were young or old. He didn't care what gender you were. didn't care what occupation you were. didn't care what you wore to ride your bike. I am going to make a motorcycle for you. And... A lot of times, he got it absolutely right. The Honda Passport, Mm -hmm. or the Cub, is a perfect example. He actually took one of the things that many people are scared to death of, is clutch control, took that out of the picture. Still a manual transmission bike, larger wheels for off-roads. It was brilliant design. The Honda Gyro was a product of a think tank that said, well, this... People out there who were frightened of two wheels. So let's give it three, but let's give it the cornering characteristics of a motorcycle so you can lean it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the Aerial 3. A-I-R-E-L, uh, A-R-I-E-L 3. Mm-hmm. And you will see the same machine from 15 years before. Hmm. I see it. Oh, oh yeah, the I mean, let's, is there. Let, let's be real. Honda made a mobility scooter before there were mobility scooters. Now, the interesting thing is the Aerial 3 was a complete flop. It's as, called a tricycle moped. As was the Honda Gyro. But the same, oh, yeah. the same theory prevailed. It, it was too, almost yeah. exactly the same in execution. It had a driving platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it pivoted in the middle so you could lean it. And it was pitched primarily to people, um, mostly ladies, who were afraid of riding a motorcycle. The reality was it put off everyone. Mm -hmm. And it was a flop, as was the Honda Gyro. But Honda was convinced he could improve on A, the Aerial 3's design. And there was a market for them. It says here, I'm just reading... uh 
that the the BSA Ariel three was such a flop that it contributed to the demise hmm. well, of of BSA. It it certainly didn't. It came at a very very bad time. Um, it was a very very sad end to a proud company. Because this is the same company that brought you the Square Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they so fell a long it was, way. It was, just, it was like an image issue, <laughs> right? Image. Exactly. But so that's hopefully that goes a little way to tell you why the Honda Gyro came along mm-hmm. and where it came from and the thought behind it. Well, the Gyro looks like a workhorse. You know, it's got stuff like a thing in the front. You could put a That's, deer on it. You could stack stuff yeah, on it. Yeah, I, I figure like it's like a fleet vehicle, right? If your yeah, company totally. has a like right. large area of where you need to travel from point A to B, carrying parts, and I think with a di- I think with a different market, it would have done quite well. I like the one with the ape hangers. Yes, <laughs> and the giant lawnmower seat. Right. Yeah. You know, the the idea was that the gyro wasn't going to be a standalone vehicle Mm -hmm. it was going to be a range of different vehicles Mm -hmm. all right very good oh oh my god in (laughs) i just found in 2019 did you know that honda showed at the um motorcycle show the in 2019 the honda gyro e electric Hmm. electric gyro dude what i need one of those for work i missed that Electric, in, in grocery business, shopping. electric business scooter with large rear deck realizes versatility and utility. And there you go. There and that was the original pitch. And that is on the Honda Power of Dreams right. site. Hmm. And that was the original pitch huh. for the Aerial 3. Versatility hmm. and utility. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Emma. Yes. Tell me why right. the GB500 was a flop. Am I allowed to say it was a terrible bike? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's it's another Honda. No, to be fair, um, let's go back. You know, Honda, uh, we're going to make a bike for everyone. The GB500, it had an odd image. Really? So it was trying to be something it wasn't. It was trying to be a British cafe racer from the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And the one market you could argue it was aimed at was deeply suspicious of it. Mm. Um, so was mm. it just considered as like a cheap knockoff? Well, that's the whole point. It wasn't cheap. You uh. Back in the 80s, you could buy a Gorblimey 500 mm. or for the same money you could get a twin cam 750. Mm-hmm. Which would you buy? Yeah, yeah. The GB500 was a very, very expensive bike. And, I mean, the finish wasn't enormously special. Um, it was, I mean, it was a nice-looking bike, but it certainly wasn't finished in any better way than... Um, than any other Honda product, mm-hmm. it had the XL500 engine in it, mm-hmm. which was actually detuned a little bit. So all wrapped up in a very expensive package. And a giant gas tank. And a giant gas tank. So I think it was... It, 
Is Saying they're bad bikes, is it, and they aren't. I mean, they're 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 not as special as they look. It's almost like they're cooler now than they were then. A lot of bikes are cooler just now than they the were. Yeah. You know, you think they were just too? Cl- they were didn't plan to market right because it feels like something like that would have sold better during the cafe phrase. Yeah, maybe. But you know, it's it's when you when you laser focus on a bike. For a specific group who are going to be deeply suspicious of it, that bike was laser focused. Um, was laser focused towards right. British riders, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Well, it's a Honda." Mm-hmm. So it, uh, it, they, they just thought of it as it's contrived, like yeah, a little bit too hard, kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, I remember when they came on my radar. Like, you could buy one, a crated one that's leftover stock, so no one could, you know, bought for a couple thousand dollars, mm. and now they're worth double, triple, right? What they were stock. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, one more. Yes. Tell me why. The NR750 was made. What, uh-huh. what happened oh. to that? Oh, that's a great... This is a good story. That is a great question. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's actually, it's got a very, very simple and answer. What do you have in your hand there? I have an NR750. Yes, it's a model. So, um, for those who don't know, this is my favorite Honda of all time. Oh. Um, the NR750 was a very early 90s. It was Honda's corporate ego trip. Mm-hmm. Everything they knew about motorcycles, they incorporated in... A V4 with oval pistons. Now, the pistons actually weren't oval-shaped. You know, when you were a kid, did you get those dates? Do you remember those boxes that you got dates in? Like Mm. the Mahuji dates. Yes. That's the shape of the piston in an NR750. It's rectangular with round Right, with round edges. Yeah. So it's very, very simple why Honda came up with this design. And we really, we need to think in terms of an engine being an air pump. It sucks in air and fuel in one end, compresses it, ignites it, pushes it out the other side to do a complete combustion. Mm -hmm. Suck, squeeze, bang, blow. We all know this. Now, it stands to reason that the more air you can get in, The bigger the charge, the bigger the bang, the bigger the power, the more the thing's going to go. So since the beginning of time, manufacturers have tried to figure out a way of getting more air into engines. Now, so the first, if we we think about this in, in terms of history, valves, Intake valves and exhaust valves started off quite small, and then they got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the cut of the cams changed, so now they got a higher cut on the cam, so the valve was opening more and letting more combustion mixture in, so hence more power. And then manufacturers started going to multi-valves. Right around sort of the mid-70s, there was this big push towards multi-valves. And instead of having two valves per cylinder... Now you'd have three, mm-hmm. which Honda were very fond of, two intake, one exhaust, or four. When you see an engine, there's always more volume in the intake side than the exhaust side because of inefficiency in the engine. It's not all power. There's heat, there's noise, there's friction. So you need to, basically, you need more stuff coming in than you're going to chuck out the end. 
So the NR750 came about quite simply. Honda said, what is the maximum number of valves we can get in a circular combustion chamber? And they came up with a figure of five. Um, Yamaha. And Yamaha developed that further in their own. And Honda came up with the same equation, but they said, aha, if we change the combustion chamber from round to oval, we can get more valves in. Mm-hmm. So the NR750 had eight valves per cylinder, four intake, four <laughs> exhaust. So basically, it wasn't a V4 at all. It was really a V8 with linked pistons. Mm-hmm. And was it super fast? Was it superficial, super efficient? No and no. It's a very pleasant bike to ride. I like the whole idea that, like, so Ichiro mm. Honda hated the two-strokes because he realized he can't get the same amount of power in, in a four-stroke, so that's why the 700 was, 750 was developed, right? Like, Right, exactly. Yeah. But the reality is if you're making power every other stroke as opposed to every fourth stroke, mm-hmm. you're always going to have the edge with power. Yeah. Um, but his idea, I mean, he was quite the environmentalist and he understood yeah. that two strokes were very, very dirty. But the NR750 came about simply by trying to get as much of a charge, an intake charge into that engine as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, the hardest part of the whole process and you've got to bear in mind that the nr750 engine was on the drawing board since the 1960s but nobody figured out how to make the piston rings yeah yeah, yeah, I was gonna yeah. Ask that, that was the hold up were the piston rings hmm. as soon as um they figured out how to do the piston rings it was a go hmm. but the actual raw design for the v4 eight valve engine had been kicking around since the 60s, but yeah. that was the holdup. I was just like, the yeah. irony of it was like he just eventually relented and like made the NR500. He said, fuck it. <laughs> well, <laughs> the only way it, we could do it, or as an NSR500 or whatever it was. It was the NSR400, yeah. The 400? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Emma, I appreciate it when you share stories and drop knowledge on us, but I have to say, there's a reason I didn't do well in school because the only thing I got from that is, oh, that would be a great nickname for Mrs. Stumpy. We'll call her Two Stroke because she has the power on every stroke. Damn. Wow. Wow. What? Damn. No. That's all what? I got from that. I guess it's better than me being Two Stroke. <laughs> <laughs> two Stroke Joke. Yeah. Two Stroke Johnny. I'm glad that's not my nickname. I, I think you should be uh, Stumpy Volumetric Efficiency John. There you go. Yeah. Maybe because I have an oval ween. Oh Sounds better than two you know, what, you know what we might need to bring back? You know what you missed Stumpy? Years ago we did this. <laughs> Remember when I had, um, Naki were here for that, we 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 had everyone measure and figure out what CC their oh, dick was. Oh, I remember that. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I was outside the I, I, bell curve. I, get, I think average is like a 250 cc it, what's great about it is is like it's open to interpretation because you just have a fixed volume and then like where that volume fits in a certain space because you could have this really narrow fucking tubular thing yeah. or a pud like mine ended up being kenny roberts 750 two strokes was it an arousal stating or was it flaccid uh, when you yes it's yes. never flaccid yes. <laughs> and, um, and those of us that have mm. 
Yes. Uh, um, I mean, what does one do? Fill it with plaster of Paris and make a mold? I and guess then, piston. Uh, I guess. No, you, sit on, you sit on lights and seat right it around town. It would be a Boolean interpretation. Well, no, I think you should. You, you could make a plaster of Paris, mm. you know, mold of the inside mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then drop it in a saucepan of water and see how much We're water really it displaces. Let's find out what, what our bore. Like, are We're, you over bore? You could send it to Honda. <laughs> Really yeah, but those are opposite issues. One you want smaller, one you want one you want bigger. We're really, um, we're really talking so, about this. So, Emma, one thing wow. I find interesting. So, the the technology in that was was kind of crazy, and we've come so far with technology and, yes. and all kinds of motors. John actually brought to me a couple of weeks ago. There was an announcement, and I'll be honest, I didn't see the significance at the time. But um, I want to let John pitch this to you and see if you guys see the importance or significance of this so i'll start with a disclaimer i don't know what the hell i'm talking about so (laughs) we'll we'll just start right there and i'm actually kind of new to the the electric motorcycles too so but i was perusing on the uh the web as we do and uh they seem to make a big deal of this new motor that's out that makes uh it's by uh i can't even say the name of bagel would probably could say it but oh koenigsegg thank you Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you know, you guys know yeah. about this? Mm-hmm. So they've just built a tiny motor, um, but it makes 335 horsepower. And before you jump, hold on. And I was going to say, this is electric, it's not a, gas. Right. Yeah. yeah. And 443 foot-pounds of torque, which mm-hmm. arguably is a lot. So, but oh, yeah. It weighs 63 pounds. Now, I realize mm-hmm. that there's a lot of limitations for that kind of horsepower in something like a motorcycle. But what's it seems to be what's interesting about this is that it has... Uh, a better sort of ratio between tower to tower to uh, I'm sorry, torque to power. And they have a way to sort of uh, to shut off the high end and and focus more on the torque and adjust that down. Now I know obviously you'd have to, I I just wondered if there was any kind of anything interesting here that could bring another innovation through a tiny weightless motor so almost is this significant this announcement because people are like oh this motor has so much power sounds like a grinder hey, no i <laughs> i i don't think it's a significant advance in power um there are there are engines out there now that are as powerful um but with, with that weight i guess the power to weight ratio no i mean it's it's i don't think it's revolutionary it is an advance it's not revolutionary. It's evolutionary. And I mean, anything, it's yeah. evolutionary rather than revolutionary. I mean, part of my question is, if you could get 335 horsepower out of a 60-power motor, if you if you shrunk that down to 10 pounds, right. you'd start getting into more But motorcycle. I mean, well, just hang on. Let me play right. devil's advocate here. Have you ever seen a V8 Evinrude engine? Uh, how tiny they are? I haven't, no. It's a two-stroke, Yeah. 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 And it's like just nutty horsepower hmm. out of a very small package. You wouldn't want to put one in a bike because right. you would die. Yeah, <laughs> You'd die by looking at it. <laughs> but, you know, big horsepower small engines have been around uh, for the last 60 or 70 years. It's what we do with them. Um, yeah. So I don't th- I I think, mean, I think as advanced as electric propulsion is getting – the the internal combustion engine isn't dead and is not going to be. And I think it's very, very telling. Honda have no electric propulsion plans. Yeah. None. So in ba- either automotive or car. 
uh, automotive or motorcycle. They have none. They're, they're Wait, con- and they had a hybrid mm. at first. I thought they're going for zero emissions by like 2030 something. Isn't that is that their deal? Or at least, I don't know, some, some company It's is. not in-house. Interesting. So, Interesting. Bagel, is, is this yeah. a significant uh, announcement? I, I think this is <clears throat> this is some some pretty impressive technology. And I was going to say, if somebody wants to give me one of these, I'd be happy to convert my truck to electric um, because that sounds like it would be a lot of fun. So uh, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. When when John said, "Oh my God, look at this," and I saw a lot of people posting this motor and the output, and I said, "I I don't I don't get the deal here mm-hmm. because to me." The the advancement that's needed is in batteries, yeah. because yeah. the motors that we have already have more power than you can possibly need. It's the batteries that are what's keeping. Well, that was part of my that was part of keeping my the bikes and the motorcycles down. So I don't understand why this was such a big deal about this new motor because the controllers well, are there to reduce the power. Well, well, the the the. The value here is that you have an incredible amount of power that's put out by a relatively small power plant. Um, This isn't uh, as uh, meaningful for motorcycles as it is for larger vehicles, I would say. Um, You know, this is something that I could see could be put into like a large pickup truck or uh, some other sort of a large work vehicle even. Like a delivery truck, for example. Yeah, you know, I mean, that, sip, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, this could this could be a really uh, you know an efficient and and powerful uh, power plant because uh, this has a gobs of torque which you need for a vehicle that's hauling a lot of weight. So you know, for a delivery truck, for example, this could be this could be a, a breakthrough. But again, like you said, the batteries, the battery technology is, is going to be the limiting factor on any electric vehicle. Well, and that was kind of my thought because if they could shrink this down to sixty pounds for a car size motor if they can shrink it down by two more thirds that gives you more battery space and it gives you a very light motor well i I like the idea that you just have cars with multi-motors like some cars have two electric motors in the front or and one in the rear and you can do Uh, emma remember that that uh vehicle that we tried out up at one show last year yes um Ah, arkimoto arkimoto and that had a motor in each wheel dual motors yeah they're made right here in eugene but to me, I just thought, like, uh, more power? I mean, it's like saying, like, hey, we just announced a 5,200cc motorcycle. It's like, uh, so? I was more <laughs> Like, you know, like. It was the size so? that got me. It's, it's the, the, how small they're getting now. So that's why I didn't know why that was significant. What applications would this be used in that it's really going to be a game changer? Well, like I said, I think that that, that sounds like a delivery vehicle type of of power that's needed. Um, you know, it, it's a matter of finding the right, the right application for it. And, and to me, that sounds like that's, that's where that's headed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, that was my thing. I was like, I, I don't know why it, I was making a big deal. You gotta understand T Connexic is known for making bonkers, like supercars, like million True. dollar supercars. So this is kind of like, Maybe and, borderline out of reach for mass production. Maybe I don't know. You know, depending well, on the technology. Yeah, and 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 that would also be a good application for a supercar too, because you know, gobs of torque, go, you know, goes great in a supercar, right? Yeah. I I have to admit though, Jim. Every time I see like some like new motor announcement, I go, "Oh, can we put it in his DR three <laughs> <laughs> like, fifty? That's what comes up. 
If, if yeah. there's space in there, we'll put it in there. Well, the DR350 is about to go away, so <laughs> oh. if somebody wants oh. it, you better oh. holler now. Oh, oh wow. You don't, have, you don't have anyone who wants it just yet? No, the, the, the part spike DR350? Yeah. yeah. No. No, but I am remodeling my bathroom and my shit's under construction, so things are going. Yeah, I, I <laughs> figured. Did you get yeah, Mike to sort out your plumbing? You can, yeah. I can't afford Mike. <laughs> <laughs> He's balling these days, that bro. Guy has, that guy has so many motorcycles. Dude, you stun on I motherfuckers. I can't afford him. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I got to get the guys that, that don't show up when the swell's big. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope the surf's not big today. I hope the surf's not big. Yeah. Got to take a shit in my own yeah. house. Yeah, yeah um, I need to wrap around my bathroom too. Exactly. So I mentioned that um, a lot of events that some of us are going to, different mm. events. Uh, Emma? Yes, darling. I think you, me, um, Mike, Michael, uh, and um, uh, award-winning Mike. And are you coming, Stumpy, to yeah, one show? That's the plan. I think a bunch of us are going up to one show. We had um, we had an email come in from Dave. He says, hey, Misfits. Uh, Dave of the Highway to Health fundraiser here. Last time I met up with y'all was at the one show nice. uh, a few years back mm. uh, before the Rona fucked up all our plans. Oh, that was back, yeah. He said, I'll be back at the show this year, hopefully relaunching the charity ride and also slinging beers for Yakats Brewing. Nice. Are you guys going to make right it on. again this year? I think it was Bagel who stopped by the brewery a year or two back, and I wanted to extend an invitation to any of the crew that wanted nice. to stop by before or after the show. We've got beer, food, and a 100-acre camping dual sport-friendly farm anyone is welcome to stay at. Oh. Goddamn, son. There's a ton Sweet. of great paved and unpaved riding in the area. We could have one of those. Uh, and I would be happy to show it off as well if anyone is interested. The God roads damn, are mostly fun. clear of firearm-wielding heel people. Goddamn, mostly. Yeah, bring Liza. <laughs> He'll find one. Um, so, hey, Dave, thank yeah, you so much. That's awesome. Um, as Emma said, and I will agree with her, I don't camp. <laughs> I don't even pass that under under a bus. Uh, I appreciate camper. it. When but you do sleep in a trailer, which is not that far from camp. On a cot. <laughs> on a cot. Off the, she's got to be off the ground. Off what's, the ground. what's the minimum we'll uh, two, three inches off the, above the ground? Oh, no, it has to be two feet. Oh, for your knees, yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, so yeah. snake can't get yeah. in there. <laughs> Snake's all getting warm. Um, I appreciate that offer so much. Uh, we're going to be, f- um, most of us flying in. Emma, you may be driving up. I'm, yeah, I'm driving up with McCarthy. And we're going to be, at, like, drive, when we yeah. go, we go two days to the show. Yeah. We're at the show every minute um, and just staying at a place nearby. And yeah. what are the dates again? Uh, I don't Duh, know. I don't know. For, is it for real going to happen? Yeah, oh yeah, it's happening. You, you want to come? It? No, April? maybe. I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's just like work's been crazy dog shit. This so really, yeah. I'm sorry. To hear there's that. a lot of pent. There's not enough people at work, and there's a lot oh, of pent up right. uh, people wanting to go ride rides. I want to ride a giant dipper, motherfucker. Dude, just holler dude, I love the giant dipper. It's uh, April the sky thing. I love that shit. April 29th, 30th. Yeah, mm. and May first. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be going there. So definitely, hey, Dave, look for us. Say hi. We always love to see our friends Dude, up there. Like to give or, you a pair of socks. Oregon mm-hmm. in the spring's pretty awesome. Yeah, Oregon's awesome. Yeah, it is. Dude, we got to come up with a thing. My favorite was that year we had everyone go up to Mike and say, "Look at me when I'm inside of you." <laughs> to get free free socks. <laughs> that was a good that, one. That, and the um, when you see Emma give her a can of beans, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Think of, I like yeah. a Mike one because Mike is so scary looking. 
And like people are afraid <laughs> people to say so it to him because they're like already, oh, and then they see Mike and they're like, oh shit, that guy might kick my ass. Oh my God, he's going to break me in half. Yeah, right? <laughs> but there is something that I don't want anyone to say. Mm. And oh. I'll reveal that in a second. Knock, you have uh, an email there. All right, to this me. one's called uh, Writing Year and Crashes from our buddy Phil. Uh, from Pennsylvania. Hey, Phil. <laughs> from the, the hospital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> New to the podcast, wondered from over from a Cleveland Motor Crowd. Good luck hey. on an accent for me. I'm a big guy from Pennsylvania. <laughs> I don't know how to do Pennsylvanian accent. How does that? Amish. Uh, yeah. I, I don't. That's like New York, right? Amish. <laughs> I don't know the fuck I'm talking about, man. <laughs> you can't do a regional Pennsylvania accent? Who, I mean, who, yeah, what kind of person are you? <laughs> who are you? Uh, with Ray and Henry recent, uh, with Ray and Henry's recent crashes, I know gear has been discussed. Uh, I must ask you, Hearsay, if a helmet is ever dropped or in an accident, it must be replaced. But if it falls off your bike dropped or dropped and does not look damaged, is it uh, safe to keep using? Uh, Henry Ray, you guys keep your helmet, keeping your helmets. Uh, what's everyone's opinion? We actually busted that myth a while ago. What, um, what's your cash flow like? Yeah. When, when you drop your helmet off of the bike, it does not damage it enough no. to... To really to mess it up, it used to be a myth that hey, you got to throw it away now. It's right, no good yeah. Anymore. We're talking about shell compromise with the actual fiber yeah. line right. pushed and in. You know, like, as sickening as a crunch, there is nothing like the noise of your helmet falling it off. It sucks, yo. That's mm-hmm. the truth. Yeah, um, you just hear dollar signs for the face shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, now the thing, if it has multiple hits on the same spot, it, it right. can you know compress yeah. it, impair it, um, and crack the shell, but. Um, you know, if you're in an accident and you have a big hit, throw it away. But right. in their cases, neither of them, I think, had a head hit. They're, they were conscious the whole time, and I don't think there was damage to the helmet. Yeah. I, I don't think it's an issue. I believe if you aren't sure, you could always send the helmet to the regional office or manufacturer's office, and they'll uh, assess it for you. For the yeah, they part. do that by destroying it. Do they really? I don't know. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, they do. Really? Yeah. Well, it probably yeah. gets to the point if in doubt, you know. Yeah. If in but doubt, I go think... buy a new helmet. Put a yeah. hole in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the but the the way it happens is if you get a hit, then it's it's impaired at that spot. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, if if you got if you got rocked, toss it. Mm-hmm. If there's any visible damage to it, even if it's just scratches. Because that can affect it too. Toss yeah. it. So I have a question. I don't yeah. run into that issue, but like from UV degradation, if you ride more or less every day, how many years was it? Five or seven years? You should just replace in general. I think yeah. it's because of the foam; it deteriorates yeah. on the inside. Okay. I think just from wear yeah. and tear. Because not on wood, it. I don't eat shit a lot. But, yeah. You know. So here's something interesting: that AGV helmet up there. I bought that helmet about 18 years ago mm-hmm. and never wore it. It's a Rossi. Helmet, one of the most expensive helmets I ever bought back then. I'd, I'd wear the shit. I wore it to it the track fast. once, right? Uh-huh. It looks brand new. Yeah. But if you put your hand up on the inside, all the plastic liner, all the black is turned gooey and it comes off oh, in your hands. It smells like clams. Yep. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's probably why they want that five year. Yeah. It should so just break apart. It's yeah. it's a thing is it's it's a slow degradation. Well, you yeah. know what I've noticed too is by the time you've had your helmet like for four or five years, all the other shit starts to wear out anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like the little things right. your face yeah. shield locks into. And, yeah. It's like you kind of get a feel for when it's it, time to cash it in. It it's a sign. Yeah, yeah. it's a, exactly. All right, yeah. and finish that email. Oh yeah, there's more to this email. To my next point, I keep hearing fuck knock. 
Knock? Question mark. Knock, don't uh, stand up, man. I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, what did this guy do to everyone to say uh, to make everyone say fuck knock? Then I realize he never makes it through a show or a podcast. <laughs> ah, yes. Oh, fuck knock. So, hey, hey, I, you know what? I want to call an end to this. All right. Yes. Aww. I want to call an end to this. Um, we like knock. Yeah, I, I, like, I'm, I'm probably after, one of the first ones to say fuck knock. And I probably started the whole thing, right? <laughs> um, but but I have to say, it, it's it, it's been fun. And, and, you know, I think to knock's credit, he... I've got a he's, good spirit, man. somewhat iconic and memorable. You and know people, I, you know, this is just a, an homage to it's him. It's an homage for sure. But <laughs> I would rather it be something positive. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, there is there are positive aspects to that word, you know, and I always you know, that, that could be a beautiful thing, like it some wap, yeah, little like, wap stuff. It could be uh, not fucks. My, I always go, fuck me, please. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Turn it into a positive. Yeah. Uh, great times to keep it up. I enjoy listening. Uh, gets me through the days working when I'm running a noisy grinder or ear chisel to plug in a good podcast in my ears and buzz through the workday. Phil from Pennsylvania, and you know what? I don't give too much shits about. This because I am what you call a ligma male. What, what, a, what's that? Ligma, ligma balls. Oh my god, that's funny. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I thought let's let's try and come up with something else. People have something they like to like sign off with. It's kind of a tell, like that they're one of us. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like give it the beans. We beans. can, don't you think we can claim that, Emma? I think so. Well, Emma can. Well, Emma can, but I think that's something. I mean, Jim. Yes. You were in the desert. You yes. were giving it the beans. I was eating beans. I was giving it the beans. <laughs> I mean, there were lots of beans to be had. <laughs> I had a poncho that looked like Clint Eastwood. I mean, he just ate some beans. Knock made a seven-year-old cry today. He, I did. he gave it gave it the beans. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was helping clean your room. And then that's how I make children cry. Clean your room. Do this. Do that. Put it in this. Well, you, you give it the beans. made Ellie cry, right? Yeah. I think I think this is something that's <laughs> oh, no. kind of we all give it the beans when we're doing stuff, mm-hmm. right? Oh. Heck yeah. We are we are what you call uh, bean Beans givers. Giving, bean yes. givers, <laughs> giver of the bean. Just slip it in. Well, no, I mean it, it. It boils down to the same thing. If you're going to do something, put some bloody effort into yes. it. Charge, you know. There you go. That's it. That's giving it the beans. Just I, think, I think I see a sticker on the horizon. Yes. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make one. All right. Who else has an email? Oh, apparently oh. I do. Did I give you one, John? Nope. Oh. Would you like one? Would no, you? go ahead. Oh, okay. So I have um, an email here from Anthony. Hey, is it Anthony or Anthony? Anthony. Anthony. Okay, and it says, Hello, Misfits. Keep up the good work, and hello from Albuquerque. Oh, I want to go to Mexico. I want to go see Jamie. I have a clutch question. Mm. I good. own... A 2002 ZRX 1200. It's a very good bike. Ooh, ZRXs are fun. With 12,000 miles on the clock with a stiff clutch. Hmm. After about an hour of riding around town, my uh, left hand gets pretty tired. My questions are, do you think the clutch fluid needs bleeding changing? Or might the clutch plates need to be changed? Other than that, the clutch works well. Thanks for any advice. Anthony. Those things got hydro clutches, huh? Yeah, they do. Hmm. Um ZRXs had cable clutches for a long time, and okay. just the final incarnation of the twelve. Yeah. I think his might be the last. Two thousand. It's a cable clutch. 
No, it's hydraulic. Oh, is that okay? And they just did that for like the last two o two o three, I think. Interesting hydraulics. Any any hydraulic clutch, you know, it's susceptible to fluid degradation. So I tell you what I would do, um, Anthony. Start with the cheap stuff. Just bleed it. Just mm-hmm. bleed it. Because I guarantee the stuff that's going to come out of there is going to be like disgusting brown soup. Um, bleed the clutch. The benefit of that is because the fluid has less junk in it, you'll actually get more of a throw when you pull in the lever because it's going to be less compressible. What you can do now is you can actually ratchet the lever back because it's got adjustable levers on it. And you can set it to, like, number two so it's closer to the grip. Because, as we all know, our hands are more powerful. The more towards a clenched fist we get, Mm -hmm. the more powerful our hands get. So it's going to behoove you to get that lever as close as you can to the grip before you start pulling it. So what I'd do is... Step one, flush and bleed it. It's a 10-minute job on that bike. Very, very easy. Set your uh, lever control to number two or something. Mm-hmm. And um, if it's still stiff, 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 um, I mean, you can bung a set of new plates in it, but it's very, very early for... Um, 12,000 miles, is it? Yeah. I, I mean, th- people tend to hooligan those bikes, though. Yeah. I mean, I have yet, a- I've yet to come across a Z-Rex that hasn't had a hard life. Yeah, I mean, is is getting lighter clutch springs a thing, or is it bike too no, powerful? No, I mean, you that, can. Yeah, okay. Well, and conversely, unless he's had it from new, mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially if they buy this bike and say, I'm going to spend my career wheeling this bike because it's so good at it, mm-hmm. you know, you put heavy-duty clutch springs in it. Yeah. You literally throw away the Kawasaki ones, and you put some Barnettes in it, and it might be like that. EBC do notoriously stiff clutch springs. I mean... I put a set of EBC springs in my GS1100, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, hmm. better start squeezing tennis balls to get used to this. I was, I was wondering, too, if, like, because you, you touched on this, the ergonomics wise, in terms of, like, lever span. I was wondering if, like, too, if uh, rotating the, the, the clutch lever downwards, too. To I mean, that like, always helps. I mean, the yeah. idea is, is if you think that you're, you're at your most powerful as you reach towards the handlebar, if your fingers form a straight line with your forearm, yeah. that's when you're going to be at your most powerful. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of ergonomics and twisting the levers. Um, you know, the Z-Rex has got quite an upright riding position, but mm-hmm. unless we know how tall Anthony's torso is. But just thinking it through. Think about that. Your fingers sticking out straight on your forearm is your most powerful and bringing the span closer to you yeah. is going to give you more power too. I would I would be concerned if like if he's developing like an RSI type situation when his if his arms or, his, or wrist is cocked kind of. Weird oh, thing, you know, you know you'd like, be surprised how many bikes I get down at the shop and the levers are all over the bloody place. Mm-hmm. One's up and one's down. And it's like Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so I'll service the bike and then say, look, I'm going to set this bike up to you. You've forgotten, one of the first jobs I did down here, I, I actually set up Marie's, I think she was riding a jizz bomb at the time. Mm-hmm. And oh, I yeah, set the it up. or whatever it was? No, the, no. long before GS-250. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Little jizzer. And I set it up to her. And it really made a difference. It made it far easier to ride. I know Jim is one of those people. 
I look hmm. at your bikes. His levers are like my tits. Like one's up here, one's down there. <laughs> I'm like, how I do you ride like that? How dare you make me try to notice your tits? <laughs> I, I, I thought if you actually saw Liza's tits, you know, you'd like turn to stone or something. Like, oh, I know what it happened. You remember the Nazi guy at the end of Indiana Jones? Yeah, right, just melting away. Yeah, that's Jesus exactly Christ. what happens if you see Liza without uh, a bra we'll, on. We'll add that to our movie pitch. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, um, John, you have a, a quick one there to me? <laughs> yeah, I do. <coughs> so I'm a confessed blast. Oh, this is from John Happold. I don't know. Hey, John. John. Great name, John. Uh, I'm a confessed blast lover who care uh, who mm. cares that I'm a six foot I'm six foot three and 240 pounds. I can <laughs> live with the cramping muscles. It doesn't bother me when I'm on a group ride with the baggers and they lose concentration laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> can we just review what a blast is? So a blast Buell. Buell is a Buell and it's basically half a sportster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's yep. um it's a twelve hundred sportster that's short stroked and then cut in half. So it's basically a five hundred oh, I thought they were Rotax. No. No, they're not? Oh, no. no, it's oh, half a sportster. No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as... Yep. It's not as... Um, how can we put it? Complex as a Rotax. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's big old engine case, one little cylinder. All right, you two are making too much noise over there. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Okay, an origami. So the fact that I can out-corner them is cool with me. Yeah. So what yeah. if semis push me around like toilet paper in a tornado? It's a fun <laughs> ride for 100 miles. But the reason I'm Ooh. sending this is that I'm considering a retro style. I'm considering the retro style of the W800. That's a good bike. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering one. if you guys have an opinion on them. I think it's a fabulous bike. I Everything really I've read did. about them has been really good. So I've, they've been around forever. Yeah. Um, well, the 800 only. What? No, that's the yeah, new. Yeah, it's a developed yeah. machine. Yeah. It first surfaced well. as the W650 in the late 90s. And it's got a bevel drive, which is neat. Yes, it does. It's Ducati style. And mm. it was in the same category as the GB500. Nobody wanted it when it was available. And then right. when it wasn't, everybody wanted it. The difference is it was actually a far better bike. It's a twin cylinder bike. It's got plenty of power. Mm-hmm. Um very charmingly styled. It is. And people rather cruelly at the time said, oh, they're trying to knock off a British bike. Yeah. And Kawasaki said, I, we're not. We're trying to knock off our own W1s and W2s from the mid-60s. Mm-hmm. And they were quite right as well. Um, Good-looking bike. I like them. I like them a great deal. They're beautifully engineered. Like most Kawasaki's, the finish is a bit gore-blimey. Mm-hmm. Um but if you, you know, where where is uh, where is this fellow? He doesn't say where. Okay. Well, if you're in a dry climate, um, you'll be all right. I, I like vintage-looking, vintage-styled bikes. Um, the problem is you have to take in the gas station factor. Oh, uh, like <laughs> not, not big enough tank or range? No. Or what do you mean? How long it's going to take you to pump gas when everyone keeps coming over to oh, talk to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About, sure. It looks just like a bike they had when they were young. Right, yeah. <laughs> how... how uh, yeah. <laughs> that old man will keep talking. Yeah. Yeah. Incidentally, Don't my very, contact. very dear friend Mike Beck, and I think for a while we were giving away Mike Beck um, CDs, yeah. has a um, couple of weeks back, I uh, went up with him to Oakland. We bought a spanking new Royal Enfield Meteor 350. Oh, good for him. And Ooh. if you, yeah. you talk about a gas station bike... That thing gets more attention than you could possibly imagine. Mm. There's no chrome on it at all. So you're saying they nailed the look on that thing, huh? Well, it's kind of strange. It 
doesn't look like a vintage bike. Hmm. Everything's flat black, and in Mike's case, school bus yellow. Mm-hmm. So it it's a it's a quite a peculiar looking I, bike. I think it is. Um, I think it is good looking compared oh, it's a great to looking bike. compared mm-hmm. to the Rebel Two Hundred and Fifty, which is so popular yeah. among new riders. And I'm like, get this instead. Like the old yeah. old style Rebel Two Hundred and Fifty. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I I think this I, I for some reason I'm character. I'm I'm championing yeah. the Meteor 350. I, I don't agree. know why. I, I, oh, I you, don't you, like you, it. you champion it even more if you rode one. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, we'll see. All right, um, Bagel, you have an email there. Yeah, I do. <clears throat> I have an email here from Joe Troy. Hey Joe. Hey Joe. Well, was that, Joe was that Troy? Was that Troy Joe? No, it's Joe Troy. He wrote, writes, uh, hi, you misfits. Hey. My name is Joe from Atlanta, Georgia, but originally from Chicago, Illinois. Hey. Oh, he's from Illinois. <laughs> I, I'm a longtime listener, but I figured I'd have this email, give this email thing a shot. You can thank the Degenerate Drinking Podcast that occasionally talks about motorcycles over in <laughs> Cleveland for sending me your way. Hey, thanks, guys. <laughs> I'm a young lad at 23 and currently ride a 2019 Yamaha MT Master of Tickets 09, (laughs) but I've also had many other bikes in the few years I've been riding. Mm -hmm. I love dirt riding and would love to get into it once I can figure out a way to facilitate it again as I have had to give it up for college and starting Mm -hmm. my career. Mm -hmm. So thank you all for stoking the fires and allowing me to live vicariously in the dirt through you. I also will be attending the Stumpistan trip, which I'm very excited about. Previously, I've only visited Canada outside of the U.S., so this should prove to be quite the memorable adventure. No, it's just like Canada. Bro, bro. (laughs) Just like Canada. At 23, 24, you've seen this much of the world, the crazy part of the world. That's pretty dope. That's cool. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a question regarding mileage on bikes. Okay. My MT already has about 17.5 thousand miles on it and mm-hmm. counting. <clears throat> and I have put about a thousand of those on it since purchasing it two months ago. Time to change your oil. <laughs> <laughs> what would you consider what would you consider high mileage for a modern motorcycle? <laughs> and also a classic motorcycle is if there's a difference there. Yes. I, I think also not can also, answer that. Now, yeah. also, have you put have you have you had to replace a motor because you've had so many miles on the bike that it was just easier to get a new motor and keep the rest? <laughs> I think Jim I can my, answer that. <laughs> I love my bike yeah. and plan to keep it until the wheels fall off. So these are some of the things that I've been thinking about. Okay. And Emma, please tell me why. Oh. <laughs> tell me why. Don't more motorcycle manufacturers produce bikes with underbelly exhaust similar to the MT-09, Ninja 250, and MT-07? What is the purpose for having a big honking pipe step sticking out of the back of something like, say, a CBR-1000RRR pirate bike? (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, y'all from Atlanta. Stay safe and healthy, and I wish you many miles of smiles in 2022. Best Joe. Right. See you in Pakistan. Knock, Joe. you want to handle a modern bike mileage. Okay, like I don't actually have a modern bike. I have a bike from 1998 with 133,000 miles on it. Yeah. Jim, Ooh. how many miles on so, the FZ1? Uh, the FZ's creeping up on about 70,000. Yeah. Still yeah. running like a jam. Oh, it's a ripper. Oh, yeah. Fucking so, 100,000 miles on a modern bike. Mm-hmm. Half that for a vintage bike. Huh. 
Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Just by virtue well, of like right. and again, And again, on a vintage bike, mileage isn't the problem. Yeah. It's age. Right. Age, it's yeah. age. And, but it's the and same. how it's maintained. Yeah. It's yep. the same for cars. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same for cars. You know, 20, 25 years ago, 100,000 miles was considered high mileage for yep, a car. Now, 200, 250,000 mm-hmm. is the norm. You know, vehicles mm-hmm. are getting better. As it, you know, just change the oil, right? Just change the just, oil. It, that is yep. the lifeblood of and, your engine. Change keep it the up. oil. Yeah. So when you say vintage, <laughs> what what year would you consider vintage now? <sighs> yeah, what, what would you say? Well, the, typically 25 not, years. Yeah, I was going to say 25, 30 years. So, mm-hmm. like, I think I've asked you this question at one point. At what point did materials engineering become to a point where it you could say this is a modern bike and it's good enough for a hundred thousand miles. That's probably like late to eighties, early nineties. Would you say was that? Was that what, I, I, I can't remember. What well, you know, I, I I try not to go on about what a great bike Rufus is, mm-hmm. but I think Rufus oh, Ru, Rufus is a modern bike. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Rufus yeah. is capable of a hundred thousand miles. Makes buku power. It's got 17-inch radials, got plenty of braking. Mm-hmm. The only thing that really ages him is he's 100 pounds overweight. Yeah, uh, and the colors, too. No, maybe. I think you're right on the time. I remember <laughs> when, um, you know, like, BMWs were considered high-mileage bikes. You could put 100,000 on it. Um, now, almost any bike will do 100,000, and BMWs are made to do 200,000. Right. So, like, I gotta say, too, like, it's usually hardly ever the motor itself that, like, starts taking a shit. It's the parts around it, like the water pump seals. Right. The fucking hoses, you know, and and, And, stator. Yeah, silicone hoses for the spark plugs or whatever, you know. And I have to say, every time I've ridden a very, very high mileage bike, and your FC1 gym is the exception, they are not the most pleasant things to ride because they feel. Baggy. Oh yeah, you'd totally feel it. You can feel it yeah. in the forks. You can feel it mm-hmm. in the chassis. You can feel it in the brakes. The FC one still feels tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a ripper. You know where you what you miss though is modern electronics. I tell you what, like yeah. I, like I was up in the hills today ripping around, and it would have been really nice to have ABS because mm-hmm. you never know when mm-hmm. you're coming around a you know a second gear turn kind of hot and there's a whatever in the road where you just got to snatch some front brakes. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I have a couple quick announcements to make. Um, we had a listener who, uh, sent us in an app that was really cool. Uh, both John and I checked it out and this came after our incident last week. Uh, it's an app and Jim, you might really want to check this out. It's called I ship my month. It's called on X. Ooh. Okay. On X. Like the rave days. And it is a map for off-roaders. <laughs> any kind of off-roaders and hunters. They have different apps. I think I've seen it. So yeah. you can go into an area and look and see. It has all the land plots. Mm-hmm. And if it's BLM or if it's privately owned or whatever. So you can find out. What's owned? In fact, Jim, mm-hmm. you can go anywhere in the United States and zoom in. I zoomed in on your house, and your name was on top of that. Is that right? Every single Whoa. landowner in this country, be it a neighborhood hmm. or land, is listed on this. Hmm. Crazy. It's kind of interesting. 
but you can go out into like land where you're not sure is this mm-hmm. private property or not. So for people like who go off roading and hunting, mm-hmm. this app called Onyx that's was, cool was pretty cool. Yeah, I I also found a layer after after looking at that app, I went back into Gaia, and uh, and there's a layer that's kind of hidden a little bit, but is exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. So residential information is really well. Cool. Yeah. It's good to know where Plot you're lines, at. Just, well, especially mm-hmm. if you like to shoot guns and stuff, it's good to know, you know who you're who's, whose property oh. you're on. Yeah, uh, who you're shooting at. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, on X, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, another announcement: the T-shirts are coming in a few days. Yay. Knock. I used your design again. Please do. And I changed up the color. Cool. Um, so, and everyone on our Patreon list is going to be getting one of those for free. Everyone for five dollars or more. We got a bunch of new subscribers, so that offer is still out there. Once I've got them all shipped and I'm done with it, then the clock resets till next year when mm-hmm. we do the next T-shirt batch. This is I do one batch and that's it. So, if you're interested in getting one of these shirts, you just got to. Uh, Join Patreon, be a supporter, $5 or more, and you all get an email from me saying, what size do you want? Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Um, and we then provide the value. And then John has an announcement. Yeah, I've got a couple, actually. So we still have spots for Stumpistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'd love to have you join us. And mm-hmm. uh, it's getting close now because you got to get a visa ahead of time. Isn't it crazy the three of us have trips that we're doing? That's awesome. I know. We live yeah. amazingly 79 That's years in this world. You just take a, your exactly experiences right. fast. amazingly. Yeah. Do exactly it. Right. Yeah. So, uh, it yeah. So, any questions, uh, you can actually uh, check me on Facebook also um, and, or email to, uh, to Liza. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, um, wow, I just had a brain fart. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, video. So, uh, I, I finally got the video done for the Numb Nuts Challenge. And it's up yeah. on our YouTube channel, good, so I would love for you to come check it out and share it and like it and subscribe to our uh, our YouTube channel. And lastly, I'm going to be in Daytona uh, next week. I'm going to be at Ooh. the both rounds of the uh, the flat track in cool. the Volusia, oh no shit the Volusia flat track, and I'll and I'm potentially going to be at the Daytona 200. Cool. So if uh, if any listeners are out there are in, I'm going to be staying in Deland, which is kind of outside of Daytona Beach. Uh, I'm going to be around. So if you want to connect, and so look for a short, stumpy, bearded guy. Exactly. Yeah. That's incredibly sexy. <laughs> With animal magnetism. <laughs> hey, John, if I give you some stickers, can you slap them on some Harleys? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Slap a stickers on a Harley. I think that's it. Anyone else have any more announcements? No, come come to Italy with the MRN. Yeah. Uh, come to Pakistan with you, me. You I'm know it makes sense. Travel I mean, with a misfit. We've got something for everyone this year. In, indeed. Don't sit at home. I know. Well, did I did I, did I tell you who who signed up for my trip? Who's that? Wow. Hillary Clinton. Aaron Sills. Oh, oh shit. The Pakistan? Oh, yeah. Wait, when are you going nice. to Pakistan? In September. You can't you have to go with me. You can't go with her. Uh, no, I'm just curious. Uh, there's two <laughs> Pakistan trips. I didn't realize. Yeah, Stumpistan and Chickistan. Wild. How many people you got on Chickistan right now? Uh thirteen, I think. God damn, son. Yeah, we're nice. only at about seven, I think. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Well, that's and, still pretty dope though. We like, got seven signed up for Italy in a week. That's wild. Yeah. I know. But you awesome. know, I think I think it's this year. I mean, everyone's ready to bust out. I got I got one person signed up for my desert trip. It's me. Bring <laughs> <laughs> gasoline. Yeah. I, I I have not a lot of interest in camping or riding in the desert, but I have a lot of interest 
Jim, and seeing this thing you love so much yeah. and just having, trying to just understand BLM land because yeah. you Perfect. love it so much. So I'm yeah. like, I just want to witness that. Even if I'm not like enjoying out, going out <laughs> riding, just seeing you doing something you, you love know, is fun. He's I, definitely in his Zen spot when he's there. Yeah, I, I think we'd all go down there and something, find something really quite special. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have one more Peyote. thing. One more announcement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, buddy. I'm just going to say, I already asked Jim and, 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 and John, and they can't go. So, Emma or not, would either of you like to go with me next Saturday to San Jose BMW? They are going to be playing the Wyoming BDR film, and mm. they're doing it drive-in style in the parking lot. Unfortunately, nice. I can't. Okay. Uh, I've got party birthday party got to go to but i may you may well i'm looking for out. a firm commitment well you can't bloody have it because i got two passes to it um <laughs> hey check out a lot of bmw dealerships around the country are doing this they're the the film is touring the wyoming bdr starring Jocelyn Jocelyn Snow. Uh, so. so this is a nighttime event yeah obviously. yeah so they're saying bring your camping nice. chairs and they're That's setting it. it up in the parking lot for outdoor movie night nice yeah, so what a great well, what great time, time. What time does it start? It starts they, uh, at, at like five. <laughs> Are they selling BMW branded hot cocoa and Tour Tech uh, mugs? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, right. Yeah, it's going to be in the evening. So if you're interested and you want to come, let's do it. Cool. All right. Um, hey, thanks. big thanks to everyone, especially to our Patreon supporters. Thank you. You know we love you. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm going to be shipping out. Almost 200 shirts, you guys. Damn, son. I know. It's going to be quite the process here, but I, I'm always excited when we get them. Uh, and and yeah. thanks, Knock, for making a design that's easy to keep <laughs> using. I, uh, I bring the it value to this. It looks you know? good. How much was that logo? Free 90 free, son. <laughs> Some value engineering you know, there. <laughs> no, I th- actually, you know, I think that might be a good catchphrase for you, Knock. I bring the value. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do bring the value. <laughs> nice. Word. So thanks, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate it. Remember, you can go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. You can find links to stuff there. Also, RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. Send us your ancient biker wisdom mm-hmm. tip. Let's share stuff. Just the yeah. tip, though. Just the tip. Exactly. <laughs> so I think we're ready to get out of here. Thanks, everyone. This is Liza. Don't be John. Emma, darling, and who brings the value? Bing bong! Make a gym, son. Bagel. We are out of here. Go, go! Go, go! Bing bong. Cool. Cool. Bing, 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 bong. <laughs>